to the Dorky Diva Show. I'm your host, Savannah. And I'm Brian. And we are obviously so thrilled to be back with a brand new episode of Prequel Defense Force. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is our second episode of the series. And today we are discussing episode two, Attack of the Clones. And we are like beside ourselves with excitement. So pumped. Yeah. I'm so excited. We were like just prepping for this show and going over our show notes. And we just kept saying, we're so excited. We're so excited. We're so excited. It's going to be the best. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Attack of the Clones came out in 2002. Mm-hmm. I was six years old when this movie came out. And unless I don't remember it, which is very possible, I do not think I saw this movie in the theaters. Mm. Um, I don't remember. I, the okay. only prequel that I remember seeing is Revenge of the Sith. So not sure if I saw this in theaters or not, but I'm sure you did, Brian. Oh, yeah, of course. And of course. how many times did you see this in theaters? That I don't know. Oh. That I, that I don't remember. But I will say, uh, when it came out on VHS, dating, uh, <laughs> and um, it came out, if I'm correct, it was around November-ish. And my sister at the time was a manager at Blockbuster, also dating. It. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. And she was the manager, so she actually got copies of the movies uh, like a week or two before they came out to the public oh to watch them to uh, that way she could be like, Oh yeah, I've seen that and talk to customers and recommend movies. So I remember being able to watch episode two on VHS like two weeks before the public. And it was the best. You were like the coolest kid in town. Oh yeah. Oh dude. My younger brother and our nephew, uh, we used to go outside. It's about to get weird. Just telling you that at the That's top okay. of the show, this is episode two. Um, so we were kids and we used to go out, and there was this, like, uh, sand pit mm-hmm. uh, it, n- near my sister's house. And we would go and, like, pretend we were the creatures in the arena. <laughs> because I'm really cool and always have been. Wait, which um, creature were you? Obviously, I was the accolade. Yes! That's the obviously. best one. My brother was uh, the Nexu, and then my oh, nephew God. was the Reek. How old were you when this movie came out? I don't want to say 11, but... <clears throat> you were 11? I was 11, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why is yeah. that bad? I mean, it's a, it's a little older than some would assume if you're in a pit with, like, sticks in your hands That's making okay. acclay noises. That's okay. So, I'm sure I've always I been that cool. <laughs> I did all kinds of weird stuff when I was a kid. Um, yeah, but I was six, so I don't really remember a lot of it. But I do remember watching it on VHS after it came out, and... Sometimes my parents would have date night and my cousin would babysit my brother and I. And I remember one day we decided to watch this when um, when our cousin was over. And all I remember is literally skipping all of the Anakin and Padme scenes because <gasps> like romance <laughs> scenes made me very uncomfortable. And it just like it just made me so uncomfortable and I was like I don't want to watch this um and so we skipped all the Anakin and Padme scenes and I'm sure my cousin was like what the heck is going on because I don't think she had ever seen the movie before and she was just catching the parts where there were no Anakin and Padme romance so Mm -hmm. I I just vividly remember doing that and now I'm just like she was probably lost and had no idea what was going on (laughs) and I probably didn't even know what was going on honestly either but yeah. I mean, probably by skipping those parts, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is how you got the name Savannah No Romance Keeper, yeah. so it all makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, but 
I don't really remember a lot about um, having a lot of the toys from this movie other than the speeders from the beginning when Zam and Anakin Ooh. are in their chase. I remember we had those speeders. Um, but other than that, I don't really remember having a lot of the toys when I when, when the movie first came out. Obviously, I bought toys like way after, but... Mm-hmm. I don't remember that stuff. Did you have any cool oh, toys? Oh, I had a ton. What did you have? Ton. Like, almost everything. No joke. I, episode 2 was, like, the toy movie for me. Mm. Um, and I remember... Actually, another little thing. Um, so this is when the Star Wars ha- fandom hits hard for me, because I'm like, oh, I understand the concept of toys now and uh, imaginations and whatnot. And so my dad is a jeweler, and he has been for 50-some years. And um, I remember... April 2nd of that year, the month before uh, episode two came out, they did this like essentially what later became a Star Wars day. And on April 2nd, they were going to release all the new toys. And I was like, oh, man, I'm so excited. So my dad and I designed this ring and he helped me make it. And I still have it somewhere. It's like a rectangle. And we put lightsabers on it because we'd seen the toy of Count Dooku's lightsaber and it was curved. And I was like, this is amazing. So I have a, a ring made of actual like silver, gold, and enamel for the blades of Yoda and Count Dooku's lightsabers crossed. And I remember being so adamant that it had to be done by April 2nd so I could wear it to go buy these toys. And uh, That is the most intense thing I think I've ever heard. I <laughs> I, I'm shocked that you didn't make that into your wedding band. Dude, if I, you know what? I have regrets. <laughs> you, you said you still have it, but you just don't I know still what have it. it. Is. Yeah, like the rectangle is not a perfect rectangle. The curving gold isn't possible, so you just kind of take the the what would be the curve, and there's like little notches where we clipped it. And uh, are you so able I, to take a photo of this ring and post it on the internet so we? Can uh, see it? yes, if I can find okay, it. Okay, I know I still it. have it somewhere. If you happen to come across it, I want to see that because that's. Yeah. That's yeah. Oh, most... it gets even better. When when the toys uh went out, they had these um like cardboard standees. One of them was Darth Vader and one of them was Yoda. And I actually went to Walmart and asked for the Yoda standee and I had oh, it yeah. for a long time. I remember yeah. doing that um when the Clone Wars was out. They had some Clone Wars displays at our Walmart and my I think my brother actually went and got them and he got so many displays from that store because they were just like, oh, the Star Wars <laughs> kid is back. But I remember having a Rex uh, cardboard cutout in my room for a while. Yes. It was pretty great. It was like a sign. It wasn't hit, like a full body thing. But anyways, yeah, I don't really remember having a ton of the toys from this movie. But um, I did read the novelization a few years ago probably like five years ago so not like a few it's been a while and I remember things from the book that I definitely want to talk about today you haven't read the novelization uh I think it's the the best novelization that I've read and I've read all the prequel ones it's my Hmm. favorite it's it's really interesting I'll talk about it more later but I quickly wanted to mention like what did this movie mean to us as kids and what does it mean now Personally, um, I think I had a better connection to The Phantom Menace. Like when we talked about that a couple weeks ago, I think The Phantom Menace meant a lot more to me as a little kid because I remember having those toys and seeing that movie a lot. And Attack of the Clones, I 
I don't know. I think I had less of a connection with it, but now it means a lot to me. And especially whenever I got into costuming a few years ago, uh-huh. I was like obsessed with Zam Wessel's costume. And I was like, I'm going to make it. And I did hours and hours and hours of research on this costume and saved as many images as I could and did all this like time consuming research, finding like the original stuff they used. And at the end of the day, it was going to cost like four to $6,000 to make this. <laughs> Mind you, I was 16 when I was researching all of this and I had just gotten my first job and it was not going to cover a four to $6,000 <laughs> costume. Let's just say that. Um, but now with 3d printing being so easily available, um, it would be a lot cheaper to make. But the other downside is that for a while, there was this place in New York that was selling the exact neoprene that makes up her suit. And now they are no longer making that fabric. So matching the fabric is harder. And there was this specific pair of Prada boots that she wore and they ended up covering with different, you know, different pieces and stuff. Um, and it's, it's like next to impossible to find those Prada boots anymore. So I could do it for a lot cheaper, but also those parts are harder to find those like essential pieces. But anyways, I think the movie means a lot more to me now because I'm more connected to these characters. And since I've been to costuming, I appreciate a lot of the costumes in this movie. Sure. Sure. I'm into that. Um, this is a really hard question. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's why, why I, I wrote it. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what it meant to me then, everything, because I loved episode one. I loved episode two. Like there's, and and <laughs> you'll find out exactly why coming up. Um, so I, I, like I said, I was in the backyard playing with my brother and my nephew, pretending to be creatures in an arena. Like it ignited my imagination with all the new creatures, and we got to see the Jedi and their prime. Like it's just. I ate it up. The imagination in episode two for me as a kid, it just it, it just went above and beyond. Um, what it means to me now, I still absolutely love it. Um, much like my love of Jar Jar, I actually kind of in a weird way find my love for episode two a little empowering, if that makes sense. Oh. Because so many people don't like it. You know, and that's like a thing like we've talked I've talked about this several times on the show before where uh, growing up, Star Wars was not a communal thing for me. It was something I enjoyed by myself or with my brother because I loved Jar Jar and everyone around me hated him. So it was something I learned to love on my own. And that kind of made me over time okay with myself and liking things the way that I like them because I want to like them, not because of anybody else. Um, And episode two in the same vein kind of does that for me because I know so many people that don't like it. It just makes me more okay with the fact that I do like it. And it's like, I don't need anyone else to enjoy something for me to enjoy it. It's something I can enjoy on my own. And that's kind of what episode two means to me now. And that was a way better answer than I thought I was going to give at the beginning of this. Wow. I'm impressed. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I have a script here. Um. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i'm excited to talk about revenge of the sith in our next episode because to me i have a lot more memories of seeing that movie and everything um whereas this one my memories are very faint um so yeah i'm excited to talk about that but we're going to talk about episode two today yeah Um, 
We're not going to talk about behind the scenes content as much as we did last time, only because there is really not as much behind the scenes content. And it's just a lot of cast interviews and not mm -hmm. a lot of information about the production of the movie. So if we think of stuff, we'll mention it. But personally, I don't think there's as much BTS content as like the amazing Phantom Menace documentary that we mentioned last time. Oh yeah, well that's the best behind the scenes documentary of any movie it's ever. So so good, but yeah, agreed. All right, let's do this. I'm gonna recite the opening crawl, and then we're gonna get started, and we're gonna get into it. Here we go. Here we go. Can you do the background music? Yep. Ready. I'm ready. There is unrest in the Galactic Senate. Several thousand solar systems have declared their intentions to leave the Republic. This separatist movement, under the leadership of the mysterious Count Dooku, has made it difficult for the limited number of Jedi Knights to maintain peace and order in the galaxy. Senator Amidala, the former Queen of Naboo, is returning to the Galactic... I think it's getting louder. <laughs> ...is returning to the Galactic Senate to vote on the critical issue of creating creating an army of the Republic to assist the overwhelmed Jedi. <laughs> I think your microphone really sensed that you were quieter and it like compensated for it because you definitely got louder as it continued. That's because I got more hyped as you were going. I was oh, like, yeah, okay. we're doing it. <laughs> okay. All right. Boom. Here we Boom. go. Here so we the go. movie opens with Padme R2-D2 and Captain Typho going to Coruscant and her ship gets attacked and her decoy Dorme dies. So serious. Like it opens with such a big moment. Right. And Just when you think there wasn't any danger at all. Mm. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. There was. Can I just say that um, Jay Lagaya, who plays Captain Typho, was the first star wars actor that i ever met in person <gasps> and Lucky. he is like the most amazing sweet person ever he's so nice and i didn't even really have anything for him to sign i was getting a hat signed for my brother mm -hmm. and we had a whole conversation about um the name chase which is my brother's name because i guess he was playing this other character in some other movie named chase and oh, nice. so we had like nothing to talk about but it was still the best interaction and i think i was gosh i think i was like 11 when i met him 11 mm -hmm. or 12 and i was really nervous that was the first time and i think the only time i've ever been truly starstruck fair meeting him fair. which is Captain so funny because awesome. he's like kind of a, one of the more minor characters <laughs> <laughs> i but mean yeah he was really nice I'm obsessed with Qui-Gon, so I hear yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so anyways, the movie opens with that, and you're like, okay, Padme's in big trouble. And, mm -hmm. and she looks amazing in the pilot costume. Uh, I love that outfit. It's my Same. favorite. I want it. Me too. Me too. It's a dream costume of mine, Naboo pilot from episode two, and the helmet's so cool looking. I know. And you're like, who's this person? Oh, it's Padme. That's who it is. She's oh, Padme. No snap. big deal. Yeah, that's probably one of her best outfits, I think. That's my favorite. Um, but anyways, moving on. Yoda can sense a lot of mysterious stuff going on, and he's just like, impossible to see the future is. Um, and Padme tells, I believe, the Jedi that she suspects Count Dooku was behind her attack. And Kiati Monday, who is an idiot, 
was like, <laughs> he's a political idealist, not a murderer. And guys, I used to love Kiyoti Mundi when I was a kid. I just thought he was so cool. <sighs> and I met the guy who played him. And I was just like, this guy rocks. And then as I got older, well, and I, I, I feel really connected to his scene in Order 66. Like that's the most oh, powerful God. Order We can't go down this road yet. We'll yeah. talk about that next time. But anyways, that's why I liked him. And then as I watch these movies, you know, as I'm older, I'm just like, he is really not smart. Savannah. (laughs) Keati Mundi is a Republic hero. Honestly, though. I didn't notice the show note you have here. For everyone that can't see this, obviously, it just says Keati Mundi is an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I I like to write really explicit notes. I remember (laughs) my thoughts. (laughs) I actually censored it. It doesn't say two lines down. It says in all caps, Anakin is nervous and sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the behind the scenes of the dorky data shows prequel defense force. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Keanu Mundi is, I mean, how do you feel about him? Honestly, like truly, honestly, do you feel like he was really naive? I mean, obviously everyone was naive because the Sith Lord was right under their noses this entire time. But some of the stuff that Keanu Mundi says, it's just a little off the wall. It's, I can okay. I can understand that standpoint. He's um, very bold with his statements. He's just like yeah, he's not. We'll d- he's not a murderer. <laughs> it's like, well, he could be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but anyone technically could be. It's so okay. So episode two is a great example of the fall of the Jedi. Like I will be using episode two a lot to explain a lot of things because it adds so much context. And the thing about episode two that it shows is. It really dives into the problem of the Jedi, you know, the fact that they're ter- the too sure of themselves. And, like, they straight up say, like, their ability to see the future is diminished later on. Like, the- there's so much dark side right around him that they are normally much more aware of what's going on. But because Palpatine is right there, they can't see anything. So imagine being able to see stuff for forever, and you're like, oh, we have a pretty good idea of what might be around the corner, to flying blind. And you can't tell anyone that you've lost that ability because only the Dark Lord of the Sith knows of their weakness. But it's like, Kiati Mundi, imagine the weird position you'd have to be in in episode two at the beginning where Count Dooku was like a revered Jedi master, like one of the best duelists in the Order, trained Qui-Gon Jinn. He's Yoda's apprentice. You know what I mean? And wow, thanks for revealing that one right off the bat. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie in that long, it's on you. Uh, so like... The idea, like, Yoda's right there, you know? So in the context, mind you, Padme was 100% right. Um, It still would be, to them, that comment is off the wall because they're like, dude, we've known Dooku forever. Like, he left because he disagreed, but, like, he's not a murderer. Come on, he was a Jedi Master. Like, come on, that makes no sense at all. They were wrong. Keanu Mundi is just, like, hashtag no filter. He literally has no filter. (laughs) That's true. What about the droid attack on the Wookiees, you know? Hashtag no filter. Hashtag no filter. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be our next sticker, guys. Keati yeah. Bundy with hashtag no filter. Get on yeah, the list. Send you me know, the, the invoice. The fingers hashtag. Yeah. It's just Keati Mundi yes. fingers hashtag no filter. Yes. I will rock the hell out of that sticker. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, my Melissa, goodness. get on that. Okay. Well. <laughs> Moving on, hashtag no filter. Um, Anakin and Obi-Wan are sent to talk to Padme because they're like, hey, it's real dangerous out there. We need to protect you. And this is when Anakin sees Padme again for all, after all these years. It's been 10 years since he saw her. He's been thinking about her every day. 
and this is when he sees her again, and Obi-Wan is like, dude, you're sweaty. Like, what's going on? You need <laughs> yeah. to chill out. Um, I love it. But you can tell he's, like, just really nervous and anxious to see her. And then um, one of my favorite parts is when they see Jar Jar again for the first time. So they, yeah. they haven't seen Jar Jar for all this time either, and Jar Jar was, like, really excited to see them. And I just really like that moment. It's Me too. super sweet. He's robed up. He's a senator now. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah, I love it. And that's, Me too. that's like when you said in the last show, people were hating on Jar Jar, and you're just like, well, George is like, all right, I'm going to make him a senator. That's right, yeah. That. <laughs> you mean this guy? Yeah. He's back, and he's in politics. He's back, and he's even better. And I'm into it. Yeah, so that's pretty great. And then Anakin and Padme reunite. It's super awkward. Yeah, it is. And she's just like, oh, Annie, you'll always be that little boy I met on Tatooine. And he's just like, what the heck? I've been thinking about you <laughs> every day. I'm looking real cute now, and you're just not into it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of weird, and that's when we start getting the vibe of, like, the tension going on with Anakin and his feelings for her mm-hmm. and how it's, like, the biggest thorn in his side. <laughs> yeah. She's grown up. She hasn't even noticed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Anakin. Yeah. He really is that little boy from Tatooine, he you know, is. when you think about it. He is. He's still pouting. He's still pouting. <laughs> He's still focusing on the wrong things it's so interesting um i know it's been 10 years but it's so interesting how anakin changes from episode one to episode two and i personally kind of wish like i i don't know how this would go but i think it would be cool to see a recut version of episode two with um like a middle time jump before the movie starts so showing him um between episodes one and two you know and like then, the Jedi Quest timeline. Yeah, I kind of want to see him a little older and how his attitude changed during that time because he has a pretty drastic change. And it, it makes sense because it's been 10 years, but I would love to know what's going on in that middle time that is making him so frustrated. And obviously him and Obi-Wan have this history of adventures and you know him saving him, but it's... I don't know. I don't know how that would go as far as like the final product of a movie, but I think it would be interesting to see the early teen Anakin. Sure. There is a comic series called Obi-Wan and Anakin that dives a little into that. Of course there is. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Not going to lie. There's a part, like Anakin like was going to leave the order at one point what? and Obi-Wan's like, you should probably think about this. And then they get wrapped up in this adventure with these like warring tribes and wow, that's intense. Yeah. It's pretty good. Well, the next part of the movie cuts to Zam Wessel and Jango Fett. And so this is the first time we've seen Jango. And now we know who's after Padme. And Jango gives Zam these, like, centipede killer-looking things, which I'm totally sure you know the name of. I'm ready. (laughs) Do you not know it? I don't. I feel like it was something like millipede, but it's not. That's a real thing. I'm in shock right now. I know. I brought you down. I brought you down. So he gives Zam the millipede things, and (laughs) he, you know, she's like, "I hit the ship, but I used a decoy." And Jenga's like, "You got to You got to get the job done this time. You can't be messing around." Um. So she leaves. Close to call that. (laughs) What? They're not even close to call that. They're called Cowhun. Oh. K o u h u n. Cowhun. 
Cow huns, yep. Because they're plural. There's two of them. The cow, cow huns. Cow huns. Okay, well, now we know. Guys, yep. they're cow huns. You know what you learned today? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you'll use that in your everyday life. I know I do. <laughs> we actually will Hashtag probably no mention filter. that again. <laughs> um, so basically, Anakin and Obi-Wan stay with Padme to watch over her. And she's obviously made uncomfortable by Anakin because she covers the security cameras in her bedroom while she's sleeping, which is totally understandable. Who wants some yeah. <laughs> teen boy looking at you while you're taking a nap? Um, I know I don't. And it's interesting. They have quite a bit of conversation Anakin and Obi-Wan do while Padme is sleeping and they're talking about the Chancellor and Anakin's like he doesn't seem to be corrupt I think he's a good man and mm. Obi-Wan's like bro he's a politician aka do not trust him so now we're really starting to see those seeds being planted in Anakin's brain about um, you know Palpatine and what people think of him versus what Anakin thinks of him which mm -hmm. we saw a tiny bit just in the way Palpatine acted towards Anakin in, in episode one. But now oh, yeah. we see those opinions really forming and the behavior starting. So um, during their conversation, they can sense that something's happening and they go into Padme's bedroom and they see the little millipede thing, the cow hunts, whoo, cow hunt. the name. <laughs> and they slice him up and Obi-Wan jumps out of the window, goes after the droid that put the, the cow hunts into her room. See, three times already. Yeah. And then they <laughs> go on this amazing chase through Coruscant and Anakin finds a speeder and goes after Zam catches you know he he gives obi-wan a lift they go after her and then they end up back on the streets and and they're like chasing her through the streets and they end up in a bar um and i love this bar scene because same it's like it's like um it's so real world without having to cross that line of making you feel like you are in the real world like it still feels like you're in star wars but there's sports playing and People just having a great time and laughing and chilling Yeah, it's out. like a nightclub. Yeah, it's really cool. And I, they did a really good job with that set and, like, all the different characters and aliens in that scene. Like um, Ahmed Beck? Is that who you're talking about? <laughs> who that? Ahmed Best is in that scene. What? He is. Yeah, he's when, when Obi-Wan cuts off Zam Wessel's arm. There's mm -hmm. two quick cutaways Wait a of people second. looking. Wait a second. You're getting ahead of yourself. We're in the bar. Oh, okay. yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Anyways, I'm, I'm excited. Just I'm just kidding. Calhoun. Okay. Calhoun. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where is Ahmed? Ahmed is in one of the reaction shots. When spoiler alert, Obi Wan cuts <laughs> off Sam Wessel's arm. There are two shots of people looking over. One oh. of them is Anthony Daniels. I remember and, that like, one. And then the other one is Ahmed Best. Oh, he's like, okay. he's in like a blue suit and he's got like a little face tattoo thing. Nice. And I know Katie Lucas is in this shot too. She gives Anakin yep. a little side eye like hey baby when he walks by her and i'm just like yeah girl we all yeah that. get it um <laughs> she's like a purple twi'lek so that's really cool mm -hmm. but yeah anyways this scene is really cool uh and this is when anakin like when they walk into the bars when anakin tells obi-wan that um the bounty hunter is a woman and he thinks that she is a changeling and obi-wan's like mm, we need to be extra careful then so, like someone said, he chopped her <laughs> arm off, and uh, and they kind of drag her outside, and they want her to confess who she's working for, what's going on. Anakin gets 
angry, and that's one of the first times we really see his intense anger problem um, Mm -hmm. because he's just like, tell us now. And someone shoots her from afar. We don't realize who it is, and she dies instantly. And she She has a little changeling moment, which is really cool. And Obi-Wan takes the toxic dart. He's like, Kamino saber dart. Stop. Oh my gosh. You (laughs) read the notes. Follow the order, bro. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We have notes. I forgot. (laughs) Just. I have not looked at them since the beginning. (laughs) Gosh. All right. Well. I'm sorry, guys. I'm too hyped for this one. I didn't hear any of that. So, anyways. I'm just so, gonna whisper it now, so you don't hear. Yeah, it. just just whisper it. So, um, anyways, he pockets the toxic dart. He takes it with him, and they go back to the Jedi Council. The Jedi Council tells Obi Wan to track down the bounty hunter in charge, and Anakin gets assigned to escort Padme to Naboo. And after that, Palpatine is talking to Anakin, and he's like buttering him up and being like, "Ooh, you're gonna be the most powerful Jedi ever. You're gonna be more powerful than Yoda." <laughs> and just you know playing puppet master all the way and anakin's just soaking it up and he's just thinking oh i wish my master talked to me like this I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh then obi-wan kind of expresses his doubt i think to mace windu and yoda like about anakin's yep. capability with the responsibility of watching over padme and you know, following the rules and not doing anything stupid. Um, Another big scene. That's a very important scene there with what they're talking about. Yoda's little floaty chair. Yes. You know, when he talks about, uh, you know, is Anakin ready for this mission? And he's like, you know, he's just, he's a little arrogant. And Yoda's like, you know, that's a com- that's a, a trait I'm seeing more and more common amongst Jedi, even the older, more experienced ones. <coughs> Obi-Wan. <coughs> yeah. You know, so it's like we're getting a little bit like, okay, like Yoda's starting to see you know, maybe maybe something's up, but then the thing about Yoda and Mace Windu is, uh, well, in the old EU, they would, like, meditate and try to go into the Force and try to pinpoint the dark side, but they couldn't tell anybody about it. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't using the dark side at any point, but they're, they're like... trying to find it. Yeah, it's like, there's something wrong here, and we can't see. So it's like, they have that on their minds the entire time, and that's why they can come across sometimes as, like... uh really stoic and like they don't care about anything it's like they have so much going on behind the scenes that they can't talk about so it's like i i hear what you're saying but mm-hmm. we'll just kind of figure it out you know yeah. what i mean but we'll this figure is it out example. but we won't exactly yeah we're gonna try to figure it out in time and palpatine's just like ah, 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 ah. yeah and uh yeah no that's that's a it's a very important thing there mm-hmm. when yoda talks about like the jedi are becoming arrogant and that's a that's a problem. And that's what this movie is so rich with. There are a lot of moments like that and a lot of oh, yeah. different cogs that are added to the giant spinning wheel like of what's going on with Pat or um not Padme Palpatine and his plan and everything. Oh, yeah. There's so oh, yeah. many little pieces added in this movie. There's a lot of information in this Exactly. Movie. And little thing like throwaway lines that you wouldn't think mattered of anything like you said Anakin's little outburst, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, tell us now. When, even before that, when they're in the speeder chase, you know, uh, it's like, what took you so long? And Anakin's like, I couldn't find a speeder I really liked, you know? Mm-hmm. And then 
Obi-Wan says, if you practice your saber skills as much as you do your flying, you'd mm-hmm. rival Master Yoda as a swordsman. And he's like, I thought I already did. It's like, yeah. uh, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. You know, and that's the whole Anakin being like, Palpatine tells me I'm going to be the greatest Jedi ever. I kind of think I am already. Yeah. But it also doesn't help that Obi-Wan is like always busting Anakin's balls about everything. Yeah. You know, this weapon is your life. Try not to lose it. She's the, don't, don't do what you're doing. You're being a little crazy. How about you dial it back a little bit? I'm yeah. the master. You're the Padawan. Let's, uh, let's remember that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the next thing is that Anakin is in Padme's apartment while she's packing so that they can go to Naboo. She's wearing this awesome dress. She's got this cool hairstyle. <laughs> her, her outfits in this movie are beyond amazing. Like, Agreed. The best outfits in cinema ever. Like beautiful Trisha stuff. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anakin's just kind of like expressing his frustration to Padme and why he's like so fed up with Obi-Wan and he feels like he's holding him back. And Padme is just looking at him like, you need to calm down. That's right. <laughs> and she just tries to like talk to him a little bit about why she thinks that's normal and you know, mentors kind of do that. And Anakin's just like not having it. He's just like, girl, you don't understand. You just don't get it. You haven't been around for 10 years. That's right. That's right. You know, I'm mad. Let me be mad. Yeah. So we and see like, him logic. <laughs> and he's like kind of trying to show off a little bit. You know, he's like force lifting this little decorative ball in her apartment and, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to be smooth. But I'm just like, boy, I know what you're doing. Look what I can do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then, so they leave and they go with R2 and they head off to Naboo. And before they leave, Obi-Wan's like, bro, don't do anything stupid. And Anakin's (laughs) like, all right, master. And then it's, I I love this part. Um, Obi-Wan and Captain Typho are watching Anakin and Padme leave and walk off together. And Oh, yeah. (laughs) uh, Do you know the exact quote? Yes, I do. Okay, do it. When he's like, I'm what? What he says like, uh, I'm nervous that they're going to do something, and then Typho's like, I'm more worried about her doing something than, than him. him. I just yeah. <laughs> love that. I just, it's really interesting. And I wanted to mention, um, we can talk about this a little bit more later, but mm-hmm. the novelization of this movie gives so much more insight on Padme's feelings for Anakin. And puts you in her head more about how she feels. She's more expressive, I think, about how she feels towards him than she is in the movie. Like, in the novel, you can tell, like, she's super into him. And she kind of shows it more. And I just, I really, really, really like that. Because my biggest problem with this movie is that she seems so disinterested in him for such a long time. And I get that she's probably just trying to hide her feelings and do her job and move on. But Mm -hmm. it's really nice to see that side of her in the book where she's just like, oh, I really do have these feelings for this guy and maybe I should do something about it, you know? Sure. I just, I don't know. It makes her look and feel so much more human. And in this movie, I think she's just very stoic with him for a long time. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, by the way, I like you. And he's just like, okay so i don't know that's why the book is just i love the book for this movie it's it's got a lot more information in it about her and her backstory as well and it just adds a lot to their whole naboo time as well okay yeah i'm into it read it 
Brian. <laughs> I'm telling you to read I, a book. How rare is I, that? I know. I have not read a single novelization. Well, read this one. It's really, 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 really good. Does, and it, remember how, how does it contradict the movie at all? Very small things okay. are contradicted. Because that's why I haven't read any of them. Because they're usually, they're obviously written before the movie comes out. And there are changes along production. So it's like, read this story that's the novelization of the movie. Though the movie is what the real story is. So if there's differences, go to the movie. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. Just not for it's me. It's very few things. It's just like a little bit of the lightsaber battle at the end and spoiler alert very small things hey we've already gone there <laughs> so then obi-wan goes to dexter's diner where we meet dexter jetster and he is like this fully cgi character and he what is his species um, he is a basilisk yes because that's what pong krell is right correct yes uh, but this is the first time we see someone of his species, which is pretty neat. Mm -hmm. And Obi-Wan goes to him because he needs help to identify what this poison dart is. But as Brian totally spoiled earlier, <laughs> it is a Kaminoan dart. Um, I did say that. It's a Kaminoan saber dart. It's the funny little cuts on the side that give it away. How do you feel about Dexter as a character? I love Dex. I know some people do not. I'm a big fan. He uh he kind of reminds me of my dad, because my dad's one of those guys that's like been around the galaxy, done everything, you know. And he's all, you know, I, I found one of these while I was prospecting on Subterrell. You're like, oh sweet, next prospects, and he runs a diner, yeah. and he knows Obi One. Like, yeah, I want to know how they know each other. I know, right? You that think it's gonna be? be cool it's gotta be story. some little, yeah, like maybe. Uh, while he was out, one of his like prospecting adventures, Obi Wan was on a mission. Who knows? Yeah. But I want to. I like Dex a lot. I like him. I like, I like the voice actor for him and Obi Wan. And while he's hugging him, he's pulling up his pants. I'm into it. That's my favorite part. That <laughs> part is so funny to me. It's just like so subtle, but so hilarious. And he looks really gross. But and he did. And but he, like, you want to hug knows. him? Like he's got a mustache. <laughs> he's an alien with a mustache. I'm so into it. Yeah, I really like him. But it's interesting because Obi-Wan doesn't recognize the name Kamino, and he doesn't know where that is. It's a very big deal because, you know, the Jedi archives are supposed to be complete. As a spoiler alert, uh, the librarian, Jocasta knew, you know, if it does not she's appear on the system. She's a sassy pants. Yeah, she, she, she's one of those. If you it's know, not in there, it doesn't record. exist. It doesn't exist. Well, guess you know? what, lady, it does, and you're wrong. And I love that even, like, Oh, I mean, oh, never mind. We'll go ahead. And I was going to spoil something else again. <laughs> oh, just go for it. It's okay. It's a All right, I'm going. already. Yes. Haha. -ha, the reins have been lifted. Uh, I love when like Obi-Wan goes to Yoda and Yoda's like, I don't know, maybe someone deleted it. <laughs> like, yeah. Jocasta knew who's like, my library is perfect. If it's yeah. not here, it doesn't exist. And Yoda's like, eh, I don't know. You said gravity? Yeah, just go there. Gravity's pulling it. Obviously, there's something there. <laughs> you know, why is this a question here? I love it. So then Anakin and Padme are kind of sharing a meal together. And this is when they have a really important conversation about attachments. And Padme's like, well, I think Anakin first says, like, you know, I can't do the things I want and I can't love the people I want to love. And Padme is like, oh, are you allowed to love? I thought that was forbidden. And Anakin's like, well, we're not supposed to form attachments. <laughs> and... It's like, oh, all right, well, he knows all the terms and conditions of that rule. Obviously, he has looked into it. 
exactly he's like well i mean if we don't call it that you know yeah. it's it's some people say uh we are encouraged to love it's yeah. like anakin anakin what are you doing <laughs> you know what you're doing yeah. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite things of the little bit of behind the scenes content we do have from this movie is there's there's quite a few bloopers from this movie and mm -hmm. in this scene they're eating some kind of soup or like chowder or something and hayden like is slurping up some of the soup and then he spits it out and he's like ah it's hot <laughs> and it's just like so <laughs> oh, funny hot so hot. funny hot. <laughs> yeah but uh yeah that's a really interesting part and a key part of their future relationship because spoiler alert um because <laughs> that's when she starts to feel out how he feels about attachments and you can tell he really doesn't care about that rule sure he just, he just wants to be happy you also start to kind of see why Obi-Wan is a little harder on him than normal. Not yeah. saying that he should be, but it's like the second Anakin gets on his own, he's already like, how much can I get away with He's here? like already trying to bend the rules as much as possible without Exactly. And you know Obi-Wan sees that. And he's yeah. like, Anakin, focus. Hey. Pay attention. <laughs> I'm trying to give you the ultimate wisdom here. And Yoda's yeah. like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I mean... He is the chosen one, but right. Anakin, come on, man. What are you doing? He knows what he's doing. And then Palpatine's like, you are the best, actually. Yeah. You know? God. Oh, Anakin. That's pretty this cool. movie is so pivotal in his story and, like, giving it's context so to everything. Yeah. It's so important. It's almost like, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it would be cool to have a different um, segment of the movie that's, like, his life between episode one and two. Honestly, mm -hmm. episode two has so much information in it that it could have been split up into two movies, and that yeah. totally messes up the whole trilogy aspect, but it, it has so much to the story that it really could be divided up to oh, yeah. give everything more time to marinate, because there's just so much going on. For sure. Um, but anyways, Obi-Wan goes to Kamino to discover... Uh, that there is a clone army that was started by Sifo-Dyas for the Republic. And he was just like, uh-huh. Yeah, he's like, yeah, that's that's me. That's, yep, coming uh, to, that's good news. <laughs> that's important news, and I'm just going to go along with it, even though this is shocking. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then he eventually goes back to his ship and tells the Jedi Council, um, hey guys, we have an army. Surprise. Right. And I may have found someone ready. called Django Fett. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then it cuts back to Anakin and Padme again. So this whole middle section cuts between Obi-Wan and Anakin and Padme scenes. And mm -hmm. Anakin and Padme are hanging on Naboo. It's real romantic. She's wearing all these little slinky outfits. And <laughs> they are looking out at the lake. And then they kiss. They do. Their first smooch. And, oh, uh, man. Padme kind of pulls away from him, and she was like, I shouldn't have done that. Meanwhile, I think in the book, she was just like, mm-hmm, heck yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, she knows she shouldn't have done it, but I think in the book, you can tell she was, like, way more into that kiss than they let on in the movie. Sure, and sure. And also in the book... Um, there are scenes that were filmed for this movie, but they were cut. Um, they end up going to Padme's family's house, and I think that's yes. maybe where she Yes, there's deleted up. scenes of it. Yeah, there's a deleted scene of it. And uh, one of the coolest things that I really wish they would have put in this movie, because I think it's just a neat technical thing, is that in her 
family's house, they had these picture frames. They basically have, like, little movies playing in them. They're, like, little... I guess it would be, like, a GIF, technically. Um, and they have all these, like, little scenes of her growing up. And I think Anakin was, like, checking them out and trying to see what she was like when she was younger. And they were, like, kind of joking about it. And then her family is really funny because they can all tell that she's super into him. And they tease her about it. And she's just, like, embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It just adds so much to her story and i i so wish that was in the movie because it's really relatable too but sure how how do you feel about the the scene leading up to the kiss the lake house scene because that is a, a common criticism in the fandom of like the worst thing of, of the, the dialogue yeah um i don't even mind it that much it is super awkward but i only think it's awkward because of the interaction physically not really the dialogue I think the dialogue is a teeny bit rough but I think if I don't know it's like they just needed to do a few more takes and get a little more comfortable and Padme just looks very um uncomfortable she just looks very stiff you know and yeah she is mm -hmm. very uncomfortable but I think it she just I think if they had shown her loosen up a tiny bit, it would have made more sense they kiss, and it would have made that scene feel a little less uncomfortable to watch. It doesn't bother me as much as some of the other scenes in this movie. Cool. But how do you feel? Oh, uh, well, this scene is one of the ones that I use in, as an example where I can I have a really hard time criticizing Star Wars movies as movies. Because I look at everything in context of the universe. You know, so like I've had people talk about like, why did the bombers have to go slow in episode eight? It makes no sense. There's no gravity in space. I'm like, listen, there's artificial gravity in there and those are bombs. Like there's reasons why these things happen in the context of the universe. And this scene, uh, she's super stiff to me because she knows she can't be doing this. You know what I mean? It's like you you are you, But also, you have... why are you wearing a backless dress if you don't want this guy to hit on you? That's my it's hot, problem. <laughs> no, I have a problem with that. And I, I wanted to talk about that later when we get to the fireside sure. scene, but I'm gonna talk about it Ooh, now. No, actually, no, that's a good point. Cause I hadn't thought about her clothes, because all my thought has gone to Anakin and how weird he is and like kinda touching her up her Anakin's arm. Anakin's wearing and, some like... thick robes and you're gonna he... tell me yeah. he's not hot? <laughs> what, where is his little slinky backless outfit? He he grew up on <laughs> Tatooine, all right. So True, first off, Padme <laughs> also grew up on Naboo, and if it's hot, she should be used to that in the summer. I don't know. I mean, I, I see where you're coming I from. I love her costumes, and that dress isn't terribly seductive compared to her fireside <laughs> outfit. But obviously, I mean, personally, as a woman, like I would not dress like that if I didn't want a guy to hit on me. That's why I don't dress like that. Like, oh, okay. I, I see I just, where you're. I see what you're like. I'm picking up what you're laying down. Just picking those outfits really carefully. I had never thought of that because I'm a man who's you're dumb. A dude. And uh, the the whole thing with with that scene that sticks out to me is like how some people describe cringy. Uh, Anakin is, but then when you think about it within the context, right? This is like a kid who is being raised by monks now 
to he's be never a Jedi. had a physical interaction with a woman. Never and all had of a sudden, physical... he's got like the most beautiful woman ever in front of him. And he's just like, I don't know what yes. to do, but I'm going to try like something. A woman he's been. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like a woman he's been obsessed with for 10 years, having dreams of her. And now it's time. It's like, how do you initiate? Like, yeah. you ever seen? have you ever seen Inside Out? Yeah. Okay, you know the like control board with all the emotions? Yes. It's like, what are we going to do? Yeah, they're like... just having like a panic attack. Yes, like that's that's where Anakin's at right now. He's like, yeah. how do I flirt? I've never done. I'm and I think that's why he doesn't bother me in that scene. It's it's her because it's like, all right, you're wearing this little slinky dress. If you're gonna wear that, rock it and look comfortable. <laughs> I yeah, just... she's like, is this really happening? Yeah, because it's the whole. Yeah. That, but that's like the 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 back and forth that she's going through because she's obviously into Anakin. Mm-hmm. But then it's like you can't. You have office. You're on the run right now. Go like focus, on, focus. Focus. He's touching my arm. He's touching my arm. Yeah. Focus. You know? Yeah. And so. like, don't get me wrong. I love that dress. I love, 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 love that dress. But as a woman, there are implications like... <laughs> you have to think about when you choose your clothing. And when you know this boy has been thinking about you for 10 years, <laughs> you, you should have picked something different. Like, so, so what you're saying is if you, if you were Anakin in this situation, you too would have made the move. Is that what I'm picking up? I think so. Like, yeah, fair. That's fair. I can't Why not? blame him for trying to make a move. This no, poor child. Of course not. Look at her. She's yeah. gorgeous. I think she should be able to wear whatever she wants, but she also needs to understand that that's a really cute outfit and he's going to be into it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> is like she fair. definitely knew that he was going to think that was attractive. And it's like sure. if she didn't if she truly didn't want that then she would have picked something else. But she knew what was coming, and she was okay with it, even though she was feeling conflicted. Sure. See, it's also difficult because as someone who's also been in love with Natalie Portman his entire life, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter what she's wearing. I'm d- Oh, t- yeah, no, I agree. Up. I totally agree. But I'm I think, into it, so. I think that definitely elevates it, for sure. I mean, I'd sure. I mean, His feelings are going to be there no matter what. If she's wearing a paper sack, he's going to have feelings. I totally agree. But I so think, she just wants to rock a lake dress. I think <laughs> I think that outfit in particular and the fireside dress are just two very. That fireside dress is uh, put sunglasses on fire. Yeah, like <laughs> that. Um, let's actually keep talking so we can get to that scene. Okay. I, okay. Because <laughs> I don't want to talk about it before it happens, but I have oh, more to say. I've I've ruined that plan already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So I set the precedent. <laughs> so cut back to Camino. Obi Wan's still there. He finds out that um Django Fett is the person that was cloned and that Django requested an unaltered clone for himself, which is Boba Fett. And Boba. he learns that all of these clones have been genetically altered to grow faster and you know, all those good mm-hmm. things. But and the Boba, order was put by Sifo-Dyas and all that good stuff. Yes, but Boba is unaltered, so he learns that. We cut back to Naboo, and Anakin and Padme are having a little picnic, and this dress is really cute. I don't have any problems with this dress. I think okay. it's it's still pretty modest. She doesn't have a lot of skin showing. She's she's covered. She still looks nice. So mm-hmm. A-plus for this outfit, Padme. There's no like <laughs> excessive cleavage. There's no back missing like i love her hair in this i love one. her hair too because it's very leia-esque it but, is and it's curly like, i love curly hair it's really I don't know pretty why. and she has this like little headband thing with flowers on it beautiful yeah. this is this is one of my favorite outfits that she has and i think i don't know if it was for um i don't know what magazine it was for but they shot a magazine cover 
at this location in these outfits and it's like the most stunning image from the prequels <laughs> in my opinion she's like kind of draping into his lap and they just look super cuddly and that outfit is just awesome but anyways moving on to the actual scene um <laughs> They kind of get flirty. They're like talking politics and he's teasing her and she recognizes it and they're kind of laughing and playing. And then there's these animals. Brian, do you know the name? Yep, they're called shocks. S-H-A-A-K. Like Shakti. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. Um, See, I redeemed myself. Grazing in the field. Yeah, you did redeem yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag no filter. Hashtag Um, no filter. Hashtag I can breathe now. Yes. (laughs) Um... So the shocks are like grazing in the field and Anakin's like, I'm going to go ride one. And then he falls off and pretends like he's hurt and Padme runs to his rescue and she flips him over and he's giggling and they wrestle and like roll around in the hills and they frolic. It's precious. So this is when, <laughs> like, I really like Padme in this scene because she is expressing her feelings towards him and you can tell she likes him and they're teasing each other and that's normal. That's what normal people do. Yeah, roll in the grass and laugh and have a yeah. good time. And talk about Paolo, never... obviously. Yeah, exactly. Paolo was her first little crush. Yep. And then Anakin's <laughs> like, all right, I've heard enough. <laughs> Stop talking about <laughs> Paolo. <tired> <laughs> um, and then we cut back to Kamino, and Obi-Wan actually meets Django and Boba, and he's just like, I smell fish. And he <laughs> just thinks something is up. Um, but that, that scene is fairly short, um, but it's neat because we see Jango Fett's armor, like, in a closet, and Boba goes over there and shuts the door so that yeah. Obi-Wan doesn't see it. So that's our first look at Mandalorian armor, which is... And Mandalorian language as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty interesting. My my favorite part is when Boba goes, Dad, Tonwee's here! <laughs> Tonwee's here! <laughs> so Boba, cute. that's so you. So cute. Daniel Logan was like adorable. The best. Adorable. Yeah, get him. <laughs> yeah, he was so cute in that movie. They did. Oh, a good little Boba. Oh, the, you know something that we skipped over. Uh, we get another red flag in the field from Anakin when he talks about you know how oh, the yeah. quote unquote Republic should be run. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, they should be made to agree by somebody who's wise and blah blah. blah. We're like, mm, oh. And Padme's like, who's gonna do it? You. You. And he's like, no, of course not. But. That's right. Kinda. I'm going to be working for the guy who is going <laughs> to be, trust me, we've been planting this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. Yeah. Um, and then now we are at the fireside scene. Here we go. This is personally my, first of all, are you looking at the show notes? Do you see what I wrote about this scene? Hold on. Hold on. What's it? <laughs> Read it out loud. It just, it just says, <laughs> Uh, fireside scene with Anakin and Padme. He confesses his love. She says she she says they can't. Padme, why are you dressing like that with like a hundred question marks? I mean, I feel like you have opinions on this scene. Talk to me. So um, <laughs> I totally understand the purpose of this scene, and mm-hmm. I like the setting. It's very romantic, mm-hmm. very seductive. Correct. Um, I love the purpose of him really confessing his feelings for her. Being all dramatic. It is a little awkward, but I feel like it's only awkward because he's probably been thinking about this for the longest time. And he, it it, it feels like he's reciting lines that he's memorized for years. And honestly, (laughs) I feel like, and I'm not trying to be rude, like 
I, I don't know if this was the purpose, but he, he just, he, he has been feeling this for a long time. And I think that shows in this scene because he's just so passionate about what he's saying and he knows exactly what he's trying to say. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He's, it doesn't help that they kissed and, yeah. you know, he's hoping that the kiss she shouldn't have given him doesn't become a scar. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so dramatic. And I know a lot of people love this scene, so I'm not trying to bash on it. But it's a great it, scene. But Anakin is, is definitely, it's he, Anakin's moment. <laughs> it is his moment and it is it. where she probably should have been like, mm, he's a little psycho. She kind of, she does a but. little bit in the way where she's like, are you crazy? You're training to be a Jedi. I'm a senator. This cannot happen. Meanwhile, and then she shuts she's down. wearing this skin-tight outfit. It's, you know, it was Thursday. That's her Thursday dress. Like, it couldn't be helped, you know? <laughs> yeah, just happened to fall on that day. Yeah, of course, um, you know. That's a fireside dress. Like, that's what you wear when you... It's fire retardant. Um, so, actually, <laughs> it was... I sweating a... so much. Yes, exactly. You know, <laughs> I Anakin's, think she had like, eyeliner on flustered. in the scene, and I honestly probably would have just been wiping that away with sweat. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, Anakin, that's why he's so hyped up, because he is definitely, as we find out, uh, spoiler alert in episode three, he is not flame retardant. <laughs> and uh, so, see, he's there and he's like, oh, it's really hot in here. And she's like, mm, I came dressed for this very occasion because I'm sitting closest to the flames. Yeah. Uh, also metaphorically, because she's a oh, Man, I'm on a roll here. This is great. <laughs> but I think... Uh, yeah. I think my main problem with this whole scene is her outfit because it's like you just kissed him and regretted it and now you're going to put on a 10 times sexier outfit? <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's because she's trying to teach Anakin control. All right, that that's is what's not happening. How you do that. <laughs> <laughs> it is if you're from Naboo, wink wink. Oh. It's <laughs> it's a I mean it's a big scene because it, it, to me it's one of those things where like obviously Padme's into Anakin, right? They kissed. They've been spending a lot of time together. They're opening up, getting to know each other. And this is her kind of like last-ditch effort to be like, I'm not doing this. No, I'm not going to do it. It's like when you take I'm one bite I'm not going to do it, but I am like, going to do it. I'm I mean, yeah, but it's dress. like she's in that conflict where it's like the same conflict that Anakin's in. It's like we shouldn't be doing it, but I kind of really want to. And Anakin's like, I want to do it. It's time. I've waited forever. She's like, no, this isn't happening. You, I, I have responsibilities know. and... I want to know exactly what was going on in her brain when she chose that outfit from her massive closet. When was I'll she tell like? You. I'll tell you exactly what one. happened. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> She's like, where she she talked to the wait staff and is like, where are we having dessert? And they're like, in the in the fire room. She goes, ah, I have a fire retardant dress. I only have one. I mean, no. it's a little racy, but it's better than being on fire. So she took it off and was like. That'll do, pig. That is That'll 100% do. not what she was thinking. That is canon. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag no. Hashtag no filter. <laughs> I just, I'm not going to keep going about this because I'm repeating myself. But I think I would rather her wear a moderate, like, like her picnic dress was a moderately modest outfit. You know, it wasn't sure. Very flammable, though. <laughs> it wasn't anything racy it wasn't it wasn't childish though like it was a, it was like the perfect grown-up woman dress mm -hmm. and i would prefer her to wear outfits like that and give him more physical notions like hey let me hold his hand or like let me put a hand on his shoulder when he's talking to me or lean in closer to him rather than you know, hey, look at me, I'm hot. <laughs> I, I think, just, I mean, like, just for fair, me personally, I helped. think that would help me 
feel more sincere to her conflict. Because I understand why she feels conflicted. I totally get it. But I think I would get it more if she was in her dressing room getting ready and she was just like, I have to be strong. Here's what I'm going to wear. Hopefully he's not too distracted by it. And like she's like mostly covered up. That's and... the thing, though. She's not that strong. But, she's she's but I losing want her to the have that weak point when way. she's actually with him. I think that makes way more sense than when she's alone getting ready. You know what I mean? Sure. Okay. I, I see what you're saying. You're like, you completely understand the conflict, but the idea of dressing the way that she did is like, I see what you're saying that you don't want to go this way, but without saying, you're saying like, I'm kind of into it. Yeah, I just think for her, I feel like it's more, it makes more sense to be tempted when, when she's with him and when he's confessing these feelings and she sees how, how seriously emotional he is about her. And sure. and then she would react and kind of be like, oh, like, it, she doesn't have to say anything, but I just think with her body language, she could like somehow express it. And that would be where she has her huge conflicting moment, not when she's getting ready and she's like, well... I'm going to be strong, but I'm still going to wear this super hot dress. Like, to me, that what, just doesn't make sense at all. What and, if it's, like, her way of subconsciously losing the battle? Like, she's putting up the front, you know, like, we're not going to do this. You have responsibility. I have responsibility. This cannot happen. But subconsciously, she's like, I'm really into this. And that's, like, her not even knowingly kind of giving in a little bit. Yeah. You know? Think about that. I just came up with that. I just you don't know? like that. Because <laughs> cause if she did initiate any sort of contact, it's game over. If she would yeah. have reached for Anakin's hand, Anakin would be on top of her. Like that's just, He's waited 10 years to be alone with her. You know but what I mean? So I like think... she can't give him any obvious signs of like, maybe? You know, but then she wants it. just confuses me is that she's conflicted all this time and she's telling him no. And then all of a sudden she's like, Heck with it. Let's kiss, you know, and <laughs> death will death will make you make some choices there, Savannah. It's because that's the thing. She's been losing subconsciously this whole time, and you can tell that by how she's choosing to dress around him when they're alone. That's yeah. her way of being like, ah, oh, you know, I can't give I can't give in to this thing yet. But subconsciously, she's like, but I really want to, and she's telling us I that. Like that's not even even subconsciously through... that when you make a choice to grab an outfit. I mean, to yes. I mean, I see what you're saying. I'm getting so saying. heated over this. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Dorky Diva I didn't show. even know this was going to happen. I didn't either, but we're doing it. So, yeah. I mean, what if it wasn't even a thing? Like, she's just getting dressed and is like, oh, this is a really nice dress. And subconsciously, she's like, this is really nice, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm just kind of doing her thing. But then she tells herself, like, almost like she's in denial, you know, that like, no, it's fine. It's whatever. And then she comes across to herself as the strong one. I was like, yeah, I told Anakin we couldn't do it because I'm strong. And then walks away and is like, hmm. You know, so she, on the outward, it's like when you're doing something you don't know you're doing. I, I guess that would be the definition of subconscious. Uh, but that's the thing is like skipping ahead like you did. Uh, when they're <laughs> when they're in the arena, it's like you're about to die. It is now or never. Like you got nothing to lose. You think you're going to die anyway. So it's like better get this off your chest now. You know, yeah. judging by how she was if you want to say dressed when they were together alone, you know, it's like she's just admitting it to herself, what she's been subconsciously saying this whole time. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm not convinced, but I will say <laughs> that I am really interested to hear what other people think of this. And especially the Padme fans. Like I know Charlotte and Brittany really love Padme. 
and I want to know what they think about this because they're going to have a totally different view of it than I do. Sure. And I'm looking forward to that. But I think talking about this anymore is just going to run in circles because I, it just really confuses (laughs) me. Like, honestly, it really confuses me. And I think I'm really a stickler on this. It confuses Anakin too, to be fair. Really? (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't know what's going on. (laughs) Yeah. If you guys are listening to this and you have strong opinions on this, like share it with us because I want to know what you think. And if you completely disagree with me, I want to know what you think because I'm really interested in this topic. Yeah. So hit us up. Yeah, let us know. Um, okay, but Unless back. You disagree. Back to the movie. Um, <laughs> back to the movie. I feel like we're doing a commentary sketch where we're like watching the movie and pausing it and like doing all these funny things and then like playing it again and then like reversing because we missed something. But um, I like that. I, I like, like it. Too. Uh, you I know just what? think it's really funny. It makes me think of the Lion King. I think it's like Lion King one and a half. Oh yeah, Timon and Pumbaa. Like, wait a second. Yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> or in Emperor's New Groove, when I, Cusco stops the film and he like draws on the screen and like yeah, circles right. himself. Him. Not him, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not that much... outfit. This one. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Flame retardant, not flame retardant. That's Brian. And <laughs> hashtag no filter. <laughs> uh, actually, speaking of record scratch, uh, a thing I love, you know, I love the lore and stuff. Something I really, really liked as a kid for whatever reason. When Obi-Wan contacts the council, mm-hmm. he brings up R4 and he says, uh, scramble code five, care of the old folks home. And I was like, what does that mean? It's code to R4 to do like a secret communication line to the council. <gasps> yeah. Well, I never blown. even paid attention to that, honestly. Yep. Listen to him. He says, scramble code five, care of the old folks home. It means Whoa. send a private transmission to the council directly. That's so cool. I'm here for you. I love that. All right, back to the movie. Play button. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like a little scratchy noise. Um, okay, so we go back to Kamino. Obi-Wan's still there. Now he's fighting Jango Fett. Love and this scene. This scene is so cool because it's raining because they're obviously on Kamino. By the way, Kamino's such a cool planet. Like It is. It's unlike anything we had ever seen at this time, and it, it rains all the time. It's mostly ocean. Like They've just got these buildings on it. There's these they really fly cool pterodactyls. Yeah. Um, so anyways, they, they're fighting on Kamino. It's raining. And Jango Fett has this awesome jetpack. Yeah, he does. And uh, he punches a Jedi Master in the face. Yeah. Like, think about the, the, the idea of what's going down. He's fighting a Jedi Master who has a lightsaber. And he's keeping up. He's, it's he's such, like it's really a great scene. Um, I love that scene. And Boba Fett prepares their ship, which is... Is it the Slave One? It is a Slave One. So they uh, they get away in the Slave One. They do. And they Not go before back. Obi Wan puts a tracking device on it, though. Yeah, he Whoop. puts a tracking device on the Slave One, and um, sorry, I lost my place. Um, Obi Wan follows them to Geonosis. So Django and Boba go to Geonosis because that's where everyone is hiding out, and Obi Wan follows them. But in the meantime. Anakin has these nightmares about his mom and he just keeps having these nightmares and he really wants to check on her and you know Padme is worried about him and she's wearing this adorable little nightgown and this robe by the way I love that outfit I think it's so cute her hair looks super adorable Anakin's little nighty outfit thing is super cute (laughs) Um, 
I, I like his shirt a lot. It looks very soft. I want one of those shirts, but um, it has, like, big Fair. sleeves, too. It does have big sleeves. But uh, anyway, so they eventually decide to go to Tatooine to find his mom. And when they get there, mm-hmm. um, they run into Watto. And Watto, yeah, they do. Watto doesn't immediately recognize Anakin because he hasn't seen him in so long. And then he realizes, oh, my gosh, it's Anakin. And he's like, oh, you're a Jedi now, blah, blah, blah. Look at my cool hat. He's got, he's got such a cute little hat. And it's adorable because Watto looks recognizably older. He's got this scruffy beard. Yeah, and he's he got looks a, beard. a little more worn down. And um, He does. I, I love really the first like thing he does movie. is like, maybe you could help me out with some people who owe me a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. He's great. <laughs> he's great. But Watto tells uh, Anakin that he sold Shmi to Lars, who was who is a moisture farmer, and says that he married her, that Lars married Shmi, and that um, Lars set her free. Like, she's not a slave to him. Um, and Anakin goes to find the Lars family. They do. But uh, I want to pause right here and mention the novel again, because this is huge in the novel. The book, I believe the book opens up with Shmi getting captured. So oh, no. I'm going to skip ahead just a tiny bit. And Anakin makes it to the Lars family. 3PO is there. He meets Kleeg Lars. And Kleeg tells him that his mom was captured by Tusken Raiders a month ago when she was out collecting mushrooms from the moisture evaporators. And mm-hmm. in the book, I'm pretty sure it opens with the scene of her being captured by the Tusken Raiders. And it also, I believe it also gets into her head about how she feels about Anakin and how she misses him. And you will learn a lot more about Shmi and her emotions and how she's dealing with life at this time. And then everything with her being captured. That's all discussed in the book. It's amazing. Wow. It is intense. Like I mentioned, I think in our last episode that I really like Shmi and I wish she had more of a story uh, as far as like in the films. And I wish we could excuse me, I wish we could know like even more about her. Mm-hmm. And in the book, we really get to know more of what she was going through at that time. Wow. Um, I didn't know that at all. Deep. Like it, it's, that's why I continue to read that book. Cause on, honestly, a, a lot of times I'll pick up a book and start it and it doesn't interest me enough to keep going. And that stuff interested me so much that I kept going and it doesn't take up a lot of the book, but the stuff that it does tell you is just very rich with information and emotion. Like she's, you get to know her more as a person, you know? Right. So, wow. yeah, anyways, that's really cool. So um, then the movie cuts back to Django and Boba, and they're on Geonosis, and Obi-Wan sneaks into uh, this building that they go into. It, it almost looks like a landscape, like, land formation. It doesn't even really look like a building. But mm-hmm. it turns out that it's a droid factory, and Obi-Wan what? sees Dooku plotting and planning to assemble an army. And mm-hmm. so that's going on. And then we go back to Tatooine, and Anakin decides that he's going to go find his mom. And this is one of my favorite parts in all of the prequels, because when he gets on his speeder bike and he's, oh, yeah. he's going to Great the Tusken Raider camp, it's just like anger through the nose. Like he's just so fired up and just so mad that they took his mom and that she's suffering and um she died in his arms and which she, is so yeah know. so he shows up finds her 
she's like, oh, Annie, you know, you're so handsome. You're so grown up. And she's obviously very, very weak and sick. And she's on her last moment here. She dies in his arms and she tells him, well, she tries to tell him that she loves him, which makes him even angrier that she dies. So then he goes and kills all the Tuscan Raiders in their little camp. It's so sad. It's so sad. That whole thing, like, stay yeah. with me, mom. You know, like, oh, oh yeah. man. And I he's like, can't. he like kisses her hand and he's just like, yeah. Embracing and it's, her. God, it's, it's so sad. And like, she poor looks Anakin. Rough, like, she suffered a lot. And, and then, and then, I know everyone's waiting for this part. While Anakin is slaughtering these Tusken Raiders, gotta take a breath. Yoda is meditating in the forest, and he hears a voice mm-hmm. belonging to Qui Gon Jinn. Mm-hmm. And as it, imagine, imagine eleven-year-old Brian, who's been obsessed with Qui Gon for three years now. Yeah, what hearing, was your reaction to this? I was like, oh, is that is that what I think it is? Like total disbelief. Like I'm crazy because I was yeah. like, there's no way. I was like, that's definitely Qui-Gon, but, like, nobody believed me, obviously. Yeah. You know, because at this point, you you didn't know he was a Force ghost or right. anything. Right. I was like, I, I'm pretty sure that's Qui-Gon, oh, my God. Yeah. But it's also really, really sad because Yoda's feeling... Everything. ...what's going on. You know, he's like, he's in pain, terrible pain. And he says he's he senses pain, suffering, death, and he says something terrible has happened to Skywalker, and he knows, like, something's up. Right, and um, like to so you think about Yoda and Mace Windu. See, that's actually what they're doing in that scene because you mm-hmm. know they're both like the shades are closed and they're both yeah. meditating in the Force. That's them trying to feel out into the Force what's going on. Yeah, because the dark side clouds everything, so they're like, oh, Anakin's like they're checking up on him. Right, you know he's the chosen one, and it's like it's such a rough. I wonder scene. if it's they so sensed sad. him making out with Padme. Right, okay. yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe Obi Wan definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, but it's rough. It's a rough scene. Anakin takes his mom's body back to the Lars homestead and buries her mm-hmm. and mourns her. And then he's just straight up mad. Like he is just fired up, ticked off, throws things, yells. He's like, it's Obi-Wan's fault. He's holding me back. And Padme's mm-hmm. just like, what the heck? By the way, love this outfit that Padme's wearing. It's like this cool <laughs> blue. But the uh, midriff, Savannah, the midriff. Well, she has her poncho that's over it a lot. That, I was talking about the, <laughs> the poncho, actually. Um, I love the poncho. The midriff thing is, yeah, but uh, I mean, at least she has a little cover up. All right. You're right. That's it. That's a really good scene. He's too mad to be garage. thinking about all that. You know. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 a it's a really good scene because you get that moment where like, so Anakin at his heart is a good man. You know, he's Anakin Skywalker. He's still that little boy on Tatooine. But then you have moments where he'll, like, go out, you know, when he gets pissed, when he's, like, with Sam Wesley, you know, tell us now, like, he's going to kill her. Then he goes back, and then you get the angry, just slaughtered a bunch of people, and then you have, like, real remorse, you know, in that thing where he's, like, I, I killed all of them. And he's just, like, you the know. Women I, I, and yeah. the children, too. Yeah. And, like, I love that he says, like, you know, I'm supposed to be better than this. And it's, like, you're absolutely right. But then he doesn't have... Obi-Wan he's completely on his own here you know so it's a rough he he shouldn't even be on Tatooine to begin with you know so he's breaking that rule and it's like when you start doing something you're not supposed to be doing it's hard to ask for help from the people that you're disobeying you know what I mean it's like when you when you end up in a place you're not supposed to be a lot of times people won't call their parents because then their parents will know that they're at the place they're not supposed to be you know so it's like he can't 
he can't he feels like he can't call anybody which is a great tragedy in episode three which we'll get to but yeah it's a, it's a powerful scene and i kind of skimmed over a really important moment when when anakin shows up to the lars homestead we meet owen and baru and that's yeah, who eventually takes care of one of anakin's children so like that's a huge moment to meet these people when they're young and see them and who they are and then obviously we see them in the original trilogy and then anakin is also reunited with 3po so that's really cool and um oh. he's a hang big on. 3po fan hang on <laughs> And that's really cool because remember when he left 3PO, when he had to go off with Qui-Gon, 3PO wasn't finished and he didn't have his coverings and he just like wasn't complete. And mm-hmm. now he's finished and he's like a working protocol droid, which is really cool to see that creation be finished. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, it's a great, yeah. great scene. Really, really sad. Um, one thing that I really, really like about this was uh, the fact that you could tell Klieg really loved Shmi. Oh, Yeah. You know, that's something that gets, like, glazed over a lot. Because, you know, it's whatever. It's like, no, when you think about, like, this man lost his leg looking for the love of his life. Like, sure, he bought her, but then he freed her and he married her because he loved her so much. And now it's like, he he had given up. You know, he straight up tells Anakin, like, she's dead, son. You need to move on. And Anakin's like, "Mm, I don't think so. So it's like, it's rough. It's rough. It's a rough scene. But so beautifully acted by everybody. I love it. I just... My thing is, too, he probably bought her because he wanted to help her. I mean, he probably saw her, and it's like if they ever had a conversation, maybe he found out that her son had to leave, and, you know, she has no one now, and everything that she cared about in this world is away from her. Maybe he was just like, I want to help this woman. Like, I I would love to know more about that, you know? Yeah, what if he was never actually a slave owner, but he found out she was a slave, so he worked and saved a bunch of money to free her? Yeah. You know, wouldn't that be Somebody great? Somebody write a... this. I ship yes. it. <laughs> Get in there. Get in there. This is a story that we all need. And this could possibly be mentioned in the novel, and I don't remember it. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. sure because, like I said, I read that book so long ago. So there might be some info on that in in the novelization, but I I don't remember it. So, but sure. it doesn't mean well, it doesn't exist. So, anyways, I really like that idea, though. Yeah, and wouldn't I love, it be neat? Yeah, I love that he loved her, but it's um, so sad. Play button. So sad. Back to the movie. Play button. <laughs> Well, it's record scratch. Yeah. We got to go back and mention one of the coolest sound effects in all of Star Wars. Oh, the sonic bomb. The seismic charge of uh, Jango Fett yeah. on Obi Wan. All right, I got to yes. tell you a story about this. So, um, yes. I have intense nightmares, guys. Like, I have nightmares about Same. being murdered. Like, very, very, very visual, horrible nightmares we just became much better friends <laughs> when we start recording i got stories <laughs> <laughs> and when i was a kid after i saw this movie i had these nightmares about being trapped in an airport and someone was coming after me and my mom and they were using those oh no bombs basically and i remember in my dream i would be sitting in a small room with a television and i could see them I don't know what was going on as far as if they were flying over us or whatever, but we could see on the television these bombs and we could hear them. And I'm not kidding. I was probably like 10, 11, maybe even younger than that, waking up in a panic in the middle of the night screaming from the thought of this noise that I just had in my nightmare. And I would seriously yell for my mom and make her like come make me feel better because I was so scared. Oh, no. It was so (laughs) terrifying. 
That so is horrible. terrifying. I also used to have nightmares about the little squirrel from Ice Age, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> but yeah, but that was one of the things that I had nightmares about when I was a kid. And I don't even know why, because it didn't scare me when I watched the movie. But for some reason, I had dreams about it and it just freaked me out. And it was always associated with getting murdered. Wow. Freaky. Well, I mean, that, <laughs> Sorry, that, guys, that to get was that the deep, intent. but it's just, I just <laughs> clearly remember that. And it's the weirdest thing to me. You know, that's so strange. Yeah. Sorry if that's like really awkward, but <laughs> I'm into it. I just think it's really, it's, uh, that's, it's kind of that's funny a, almost. It's a great like, story why? It makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Why would I have nightmares about that? But anyways. Um, so, do, so don't come up behind you at celebration with that on your phone. No, please. Seriously. That, oh, oh, hang on. Or, or we'll send the dog on you. Yeah. Hang on. Um, okay. So <laughs> scratch track uh, back to the movie. <laughs> scratch track. I also love the payoff of the line in the beginning chase with Sam Wessel and Obi-Wan when Anakin says, I'm sorry, master. I forgot you don't like flying. And he's like, I don't mind flying, but what you're doing is suicide. Yeah. And then later when he's being chased by Django, he's like, God, that's why I hate flying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all interconnected. Love it. I love it too. Payoffs. Um, back to the movie. Back to the movie. Um, so Obi-Wan gets captured by Count Dooku and he's put up in this like force field orby looking thing. And mm-hmm. he ends up talking to Dooku for a while. And About he, what, Savannah? Um, what does he talk about? Stuff and things. Stuff and things. Stuff he and may things. have talked about like, you know, you know, Qui-Gon was my apprentice as you were once his. Oh, yes. I wish he were here today. Mm-hmm. And then Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon would never join you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's right. And you stand mm-hmm. up and cheer. I stand up and cheer. I was like, mm-hmm. that, that's exactly. Qui-Gon would never join Dooku. Yeah. Although it's a, that, that's one of the reasons I'm sure we'll get into uh, why I love Count Dooku. But oh, we'll get oh. we'll get to that we'll get to that later. I can't Dooku's wait until we set. talk about episode three because guys, I have some stories Dude. about my childhood and Count Dooku. Same, same. Wait Can't till, wait. Wait till we get to the end of this. We'll dive into Count Dooku and why okay. he's my favorite Sith. Okay. Oh wow. Oh yeah. No, um, it's gonna go deep. All right, then let's get to that. So, <laughs> but I <laughs> think before Obi Wan gets captured, he sends a message to um to everyone basically to the Jedi. And Padme sees it, and she's like, we have to go help him. And Anakin's like, I'm not leaving. I was told to stay here, even though I went to a planet that I was not supposed to go to. What a butt. And, yeah, totally bending the rules. I know, he can't even well, help he us. he definitely like... broke the rule first, and now he's bending it. Oh, yeah, well, that's why I love the, you know, I, he's trying to reach Anakin on Naboo, and he's like, what is he doing on Tatooine? You know what? Yeah. I don't have time for this. <laughs> By the way, now that this is a trend, Padme is wearing a new outfit. It's, like, skin-tight, yeah. little white jumpsuity thing with, like, these cool boots and a cool belt. And I don't have a problem with it, guys, because she's it. covered up, and she's got an awesome uh, poncho. And I used to pretend that I had this poncho because I had a blanket la- that looked like it had the same fabric, and I would tie it around my neck. I'm and I it. totally dressed like her in this outfit for like Halloween one year. I was probably seven or eight. See, that's and I the. I thought it was so cool. I I can't contribute a whole lot to the conversation when it comes to Padme's outfits because I'm in love with her and uh, everything she's in. I'm like, wow. Yes. Yeah, that's a nice wow. outfit though. I like that one. It's a very nice outfit, and it gets even cooler when it's all battle damage. She's a badass. Oh, but we see, get I have some bad things to say about that. <gasps> okay. All right. So uh, 
Padme's like, I'm going to go help him. Anakin's like, fine. I guess I have to go with you because I'm your security guard. And so they go. And Mace Windu says that after he's seen the message, he goes, all right, I'm going to take all the Jedi to Geonosis. And Yoda's like, all right, I'm going to go to Kamino and check out what's going on. So Mm -hmm. they go their both ways. And Anakin and Padme get to Geonosis. And they enter the droid factory. And they are fighting all these Geonosians. And they get separated in the droid factory. And R2 and 3PO are also with them. And they get messed up in the droid factory too (laughs) and they get separated and r2 is lucky enough to have like little jet packs and he is able to fly and c3po gets his body and his head disconnected and he's somehow (laughs) half battle droid half 3po which is really funny and i know we talked about humor a lot in the last episode we kind of haven't mentioned it a lot here but the humor is very tasteful in this movie i feel like the banter between anakin and obi-wan is very humorous um, mm-hmm. but very appropriate for the movie. And then the humor with 3PO here, I just love. Like, when I was a kid, I loved it. I loved Same. how he was all mixed up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Die, Jedi dogs! That's <gasps> my favorite. I, I used to say that. <laughs> um, yeah, so Anakin and Padme get split up, but they are, like, taking care of themselves. But then eventually, obviously, they get captured. So they make it as far as they can go. They get captured. Anakin's lightsaber was destroyed in one of the machines, so he has no weapon to fight with except for the Force. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get taken to the battle arena where they smooch. Yeah, and, they do. Like we mentioned earlier. And that's like a... That, I do like that scene because it's like a silhouette of them and you can see them look into each other's eyes and then they ride off and they're smooching with their little silhouettes and then it's like, boom, giant arena. And by the way, yeah. Obi-Wan's there and he's tied up. <laughs> one of the best lines of the real. movie <laughs> did you send my message he's like yeah then uh we decided to come rescue you and he yeah. just looks at his hands good job good job <laughs> i love the way he says it too he's like good job i love his accent same um, same i love poggle the lesser oh i think <laughs> wait can i do my uh, poggle the lesser impression please do please Let's see if I, can st- I seriously used to be able to do this so well oh, i can nervous. do it i'll make a deal you do it and i'll do it to make you feel better um okay let me think of uh, i just need to do it do it oh oh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's perfect keep going you've got this oh yeah (laughs) i can't (laughs) okay do yours okay so mind you episode two was another one of those movies where i like uh i don't want to say perfected but i definitely practiced all of the alien dialogue and thought I was super cool to be able to be like, Chuck, Chuck, Wado, ding me, Chasa, Hopa, you know? (laughs) And this one was a, uh, time to embarrass myself. How'd he go? He goes, uh, (laughs) That's so good. Yeah, I practiced a lot. That's like a billion times better than what I just did. Yeah, I just thought that. I love it. I like I like Gen Oceans a lot. The like the the dialect. Congrats, Matt Wood. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> no, that was really good. I'm gonna make that even louder in the final cut of the yeah, show. Yeah, just just, just that'll here be we the go. intro. <laughs> That's right. It's just instead of like me introducing myself, you're like, hi, Savannah, and then you just hear Eklok Aklik. Oh, okay. I'm I'm done with that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we gotta reel them in to get to this point, and then now they're That's locked right. in. You guys can't leave now. 
That's right. And it was at this point they turned it off. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. So they're in the arena. The movie. They're in the arena and three beasts come out. There's an Akle, a Reek, and a Nexu. The Nexu goes after Padme. The Reek goes after Anakin. The Akle goes after Obi-Wan. Boom, boom, boom. And they're going to mm-hmm. eat them up. Uh, out of the three of them, Padme is freaking on it. Like she's already at the top of the tower with her oh, yeah. chain in her hand going to whack this Nexu to death. And Obi-Wan and Anakin are just like, what do we do? Which I love that (laughs) moment because it's like, she's on it. She's thinking. She was already trying to uncuff herself when she was walking out there before she was even tied up. Exactly. I love that. It's like, what about Padme? (gasps) She seems to be on top of things. And she's literally on top of the pillar. Wait, say that line again. Sorry. I said, uh, I also love when uh, Anakin's like, what about Padme? And Obi-Wan's like, she seems to be on top of things. Another great joke because she's literally on top of the pillar. And uh, this 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 scene actually, uh, this whole thing of Padme on Geonosis and like, well, you're supposed to protect me, but I'm going to help Obi Wan is another reason I'm in love with her and have been my whole life because she's such a badass. Like she's she's not waiting for anybody else. She's not waiting for permission. She is doing what she's gonna do. And Typho, you know, is like, I'm more worried about her doing stuff. Like, yeah, that's yeah, why. you should be because she's amazing. Yeah, I like that I love too. It. Um, we got to talk about Newt Gunray though. Okay. We haven't hit on him yet. Okay. And he, he's like, I want her head on my plate. Like, he's he's a little he, he's a little mad. He's a little oh, mad at Padme. A little. <laughs> <laughs> he's you real know? salty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. New Gunray, salt, salt king. Salt in the wound. Hashtag no filter. Let's talk about Padme's outfit again. <laughs> yeah. And how great it is. Is that what we're going to talk about? Uh, here's my take on this. Obviously, <laughs> I totally understand that that Nexu has some sharp claws and whacked at her. Mm-hmm. But like, okay, the front of the outfit is also gone. When I her mean, back that's was how cut. shirts work. Also, it didn't cut around her with two even slices around her entire body there were three marks on her back it would just cut her shirt and maybe pull off the back of the shirt but what up with the front well the next two had other ideas savannah (laughs) i mean if i were going to do the fanboy uh explanation and i'm just spitballing here you got three claws going down her back right the first two cut perhaps the bottom claw caught on the shirt on the way down really (laughs) <laughs> I can justify anything in Star Wars. I'm not going to dwell on this too long because we're obviously not going to agree on it, but I just really don't like that. That's okay. That's okay. I, I enjoyed it, but I'm a man. so Exactly, and that's all the guys listening to this are going to love that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's Natalie Portman. Mm. Like I said, I don't care what she's wearing. It's Natalie Portman in there. Uh, but yeah, she's, why she's handling Obi-Wan's business. Obi-Wan's tunic get cut off? Come on. like Well, because Obi-Wan at this here. point... Well, that's why we got Anakin. <laughs> Can you imagine Obi-Wan with like his Jesus hair and his beard is like, whoops, the accolade just misses him and he's running around just in pants. <laughs> oh, God, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> the real question is how, how damaged was the Nexu when she kicked it? Because that seemed like a pretty yeah. strong animal to be taken down with one kick. So this is one thing that's different in the book, actually. The Nexu survives longer in the book than it does in the movie. And oh. they end up fighting the Nexu while they're riding the Reek. What? Yeah. That sounds pretty awesome. Pretty legit. Pretty Dude. legit. I'm excited. What's yeah. your favorite of the three? Oh, the Ackley for sure. I love Same. the noise it makes. I think the Nexu is the scariest looking animal, but personally, Agreed. I think I would be most afraid of the Ackley because I don't want to get sliced in half with its little 
Pokemon. Yeah, I think I think me too. Yeah, I I like the accolade. I like the design of it. I like the sound it makes. I also like that it steps on a Geonosian on the way out, and it like tries to run away screaming and just. That's the best. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the the moment when Obi Wan throws the spear in it, and it just breaks it, and Obi Wan's like, "Oh, that didn't work." Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just like, all right, this is gonna be tough, but. Yeah. So, so they're in the arena. They end up taking out the animals, but like they end up um, getting unchained, and Anakin ends up riding the reek, and they kind of use the reek to their advantage to take out everyone else. The Nexu, yep. Yeah, and then fast forward a little bit because they yes. fight for quite a, quite a while. They do huge Jedi versus droids fight. Happens. This party's over. So legit. Mace Windu Such comes out, throws his lightsaber up, and he's just like, this party's over. Tons of Jedi. I love this because this is like the most Jedi we had seen at this point, and there's Same. so many different kinds of Jedi. Like, there's aliens, there's women, there's men, there's, you know, people that look a little younger, people that look a little older, you know. Oh, yeah. This it. is my scene, man. Yeah. And then the, the B1 droids come out, Super Battle droids come out, they're fighting uh 3PO's head comes out on a battle droid body and that's when he's like die Jedi dogs and he's like what, <laughs> what did I say um so that's really great and then uh then it, it gets real intense they're fighting for a long time um Mace Windu eventually chops off Jango Fett's head and Yoda just flies in like the baddest guy in the galaxy in a clone battleship with all these clone troopers with him and he's just standing there like up guys i'm here to finish this party and yeah. the clones just annihilate everything and everyone and they're just oh i love it so that's another guy. really big scene and uh uh one of the many reasons i love count dooku is like miss windu shows up right and it's all like oh snap this party's over and then dooku's totally like oh hey what's up man yeah yeah no he's not really intimidated lose. by it immediately. you know not at all and then the yeah the super battle droids come out and then Mace Windu, the idea when he for, he like gets lit on fire by Jango Fett, force jumps through the air and is blocking blaster bolts as he's falling, which is amazing. Well, it's Samuel and, L. Jackson, so. I, I know, right? So cool. And that's the other, this was a really, really big deal when this came out because he has a purple lightsaber. Yeah. You and know, I something think he we've requested that before. purple lightsaber. Oh, I know he, he did because he said it. But also, I think he may have requested it uh, for multiple reasons. And I think one of the reasons was that so he could be separated from the rest of the Jedi easily, like easily identifiable in those scenes when there's like blue and green lightsabers literally everywhere. And you could identify purple much easier in that group. Exactly. Exactly. There's actually a behind the scenes clip of Samuel Jackson asking George Lucas. He goes, so I'm going to get a lightsaber. He goes, yeah. And he goes, what color is it going to be? He goes, well, you know, bad guys are red. Blue, good guys are blue and green. And Samuel Jackson goes, well, can mine be purple? Yeah. And he goes, eh, I don't there's see There's something engraved on his lightsaber, too, which I'm not going to mention here. Oh, but yeah. If you Google it, there's something engraved <laughs> on his lightsaber. We're not going to talk about it here, though. No, this we're is a family friendly show. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> it's a very Samuel Jackson thing. And he still has yeah. it. He oh, showed it so cool. at the 40th panel in a clip. Oh, Samuel yeah. Jackson sent Samuel Jackson sent a video in, and they played it during the 40th panel. And he says, "You know, Mace Windu is alive. I'm ready to come back and uh, you I know be that. ready that for my great. return." And he holds up the lightsaber. And I was like, "Bring it yeah. back!" But a purple lightsaber was amazing. And then yeah. all the lore in the old EU that came from that, like how rare it is 
to have a purple lightsaber. And of course, Mace Windu has one. And the idea that he created his own saber form in combat, which is amazing. Uh, but the fight between uh, Mace Windu and Jango Fett was so great because you got to see a Jedi Master handle some business. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, he Reek is chasing him down, and he like Ugh, cuts his cuts the horn off. Mm-hmm. Jango shoots the Reek, but th- when when Mace Windu loses his lightsaber, right, and Jango goes to grab for it, and Mace Windu just uses a force and brings it up. He's like, dude. What are, you, what are you doing? Right, get out of here. Yeah. Blocks, blocks, blocks. Cuts his hand off, cuts his head off, and poses in like the most badass pose ever. It's so, so cool. great. That's so I great. I love Mace Windu. Yeah. That's the reason he's like one of the most powerful Jedi of all time. I remember when I was little, I always wanted his lightsaber because it was purple. It's purple. It's also a beautiful hilt yes. with the gold. Yes. It's, it's very really, elegant. really nice. Yeah. It's just I like it a lot. And shiny. It, it is. And then he got, like you said, the moment when Yoda shows up, like, You've got them literally surrounded. I love Yoda's and... face when he flies in. He's just just so smug. Oh, yeah. He's just like, da, 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 da. It's, it's all about to go down. He knows. I love it. I love so it. Smug. And then you get a you get a great moment from Kit Fisto in the middle of this fight. When uh when 3 oh, yeah. shooting and he just uses the force and then just smiles and walks off. The famous smile. That actually like turned into a thing later in the Clone Wars because I remember he did that a couple more times. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I know he, a lot of so, people hate him for that reason too, but I don't. I like it. I do too. I do a lot. The guy who plays him is uh, Zach Wait. Jessen. Oh, I was gonna say, does it? Is it his brother? His brother, Cisse Ten. Yes. I and what's that. crazy is Jack Zach uh, Zach Jensen actually helped inspire the design for Kit Fisto because he had dreadlocks at the time, and George was like, "Can we get an alien with like dreadlocks, like kind of yeah. thing, and just put this guy in it?" Yeah, which is pretty cool. They've done the convention route a few times too. I remember I've never met them personally, but I remember seeing them. I think at Celebration before. I've met Jesse CSA Ten. I've got his autograph on my poster. Nice. He's a great dude. They're all, they're both Australian mm. and they're hilarious. And that's how I found out about that story. He talked about how his brother was Kit Fisto, and actually uh, Jesse worked in the prop building side of it. He helped build Count wow. Dooku's uh, solar sailor ship that he gets away on. Wow. And, and then they were doing some uh, shoots for the Jedi Masters, and they're like, we need some guys to get in here and like do some really cool like block and blaster bolts, fight battle droids. And someone was like, why don't we just get Jesse in here? So Jesse went, got fitted for CSA-10, and did the, did the body work for episode two. That's what happened with Amy. I think her name is... Is it Amy Allen who plays Ayla yeah. Sakura? Yeah. yeah. She was working on the movie and they used her too. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah. I just taught you something. Look at that. I don't know yeah. everything. Yeah. I don't remember exactly <laughs> what she did on the film, um, but she, yeah, she was just pulled aside from work one day and they were like, hey, can we put this costume on you? And she was like, sure. Wow. And there's, That's she's amazing. in the movie in when, uh, when Obi-Wan is in the library, she is there as well. Yeah. She walks by the steps. Yeah. Yep. So, oh, I know. Well, I know. <laughs> but it's. I think that's neat that she got a part, you know. And oh, she's, yeah. she's done events and stuff and kind of taken advantage of that spotlight, which is pretty cool. Yeah, she's one I really want to meet as well. She's she great. She's really nice. Okay, back to the movie. Back to the movie. Yoda shows up. Yeah, well, yeah, Yoda shows up. Clones demolish everything. Dooku um, gets away. Dooku gets away. Here's what's important. <laughs> and I can Obi-Wan leave to go after Dooku and Padme goes with them. But on the way, Padme falls off the ship. And while they're on the way too, they're like blowing up all these um, ships, you know, like 
the on droid their control journey, ships on their journey. Mm-hmm. Padme falls off. Uh, she falls out of the ship, lands on some sand. A clone trooper comes to her rescue, and you know she ends up telling him what to do: get a girl. Love um, it. But Anakin wanted to go after her, and Obi Wan's like, "Dude, this is your job. Like, forget her." Focus. And, yeah, focus, Anakin. So you know, Anakin's all emotion fluffed up <laughs> right now because he couldn't go after her and he's worried about her. And then they catch up with Dooku and they gotta fight him while Anakin's all fluffed up, and so it doesn't good. go so well. And Obi Wan's like, scene. "We'll take him together." And Anakin's like, "No, I'm gonna take him now." <laughs> Force lightning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love this. And he just like zaps him, throws him, and then Obi Wan doesn't fare so well either. And Anakin gets his hand cut off, so that's where he gets his mechanical hand from. That's right. Uh, it's just the beginning of the machine, Anakin. Just you wait. Um, <laughs> and then Yoda rolls up, and he's just like, "Ugh, these children! Big, I have big, to clean big, up big, their big, mess big now." Deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is this is the first time we see Yoda take down some. We do. Stuff. He's taking I, care of business. I remember, I, I mean, I love the scene when, I mean, when Padme falls out and, you know, Anakin's like, we got to turn around, bring it down, blah, blah, blah. He's like and I love basically. when Obi-Wan's like, what do you think she would do yes. if she was in your position? She and would do like, her duty. I love it. And I'm like, that's right, because yeah. she's a badass. That's what it is. She's got a clear focus. She's a professional. And that's right. That's the that's term. Right. She's a professional. That's right. Um, and when they get there, like, that's a that's another thing. This is this is one thing that... Uh, We'll dive a little into. Uh, so Count Dooku, one of the another reason why I really like him is because he was a Jedi Master, right? And then he fell. He left the Order, joined the dark side, and he uses Force Lightning like every chance he can get, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like he learned a new skill because I he's on the dark it. side now. And he goes, you know what? Force Lightning, Force Lightning. You. you want some Force Lightning? <laughs> I got some too. It's like, yeah, That's... it just makes me laugh. Are you looking at the show notes? Do you see the next all caps line? Does it say? Uh, yep. <laughs> so much caps with Dude, force lightning. Huge, 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 huge moment, you know? And that's like... Well, and Yoda that... can harness it and push it back. It doesn't Dude, affect him because he knows I how to control freaked. it. That's what's so amazing. I freaked when I first saw that. Because that was the other thing, like, in the trailers, the trailers for episode two where uh, they were, like, split up, it was, like, three feet tall, 900 years old, yeah. Yoda, episode two. And then you see him turn the lightsaber and you're like, what? What is happening? Well, and I love that we got, like, he didn't pull it out, like, immediately. He didn't start fighting. Oh, no. Like, oh, Dooku's here? He's he like, He knows how no. to be patient, unlike Anakin. Yeah. And then the fact that Yoda does something we've never seen before, which was take Force Lightning and, like, put it in his pocket. Yeah. Because he, oh, he started, he started like, redirecting it. And you're like, okay, cool. That's awesome. That's amazing. Because nobody else has been able to do that. Yeah. But then when he just goes... Nope, much to learn you still have. You're like, oh, snap. And then one of my favorite Dooku lines in the whole series, when he says, obviously this contest cannot be decided by our knowledge of the Force, turns lightsaber on, but by our skills with a lightsaber. I was like, what a badass. He's literally like, this guy just caught my Force lightning. I'm still going to step to him. Yeah. Because I'm one of the best duelists ever. And Dooku isn't a spry young chicken either. Like, he's older and has white hair so you know he's had some years he's not as right. physically uh able to fight like someone like mace windu would let's just say that right um but yeah i he's ama- I, I, I love, love the this. curved tilt i love how elegant he is like he is a count 
You know, that's like a big thing. Like he's the Count of Sereno by birth and he gave that up to become a Jedi, but he's still got like, he's the classiest Mm-hmm. Sith, you know what I mean? Very like elegant. the just the idea that he would step to Yoda is so ballsy. You know, like everyone knows Yoda's the grandmaster of the Jedi Order, one of the greatest lightsaber duelists there is, and Dooku's like do it do something, right. you know? Well, this scene also shows what Pad or I keep wanting to call him Padme, Palpatine. <laughs> Gosh, he's P names. Um, when Palpatine was telling Anakin that he thinks he'll be even more powerful than Master Yoda, well, at this point, we had only seen Yoda's knowledge and his wisdom and his discernment, and we never really saw his physical abilities up to this point. And so this was when we really see, oh, that's what Palpatine means. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. No, this, that, like, when you first saw Yoda pull the lightsaber out and it's like time to fight, what did you think of it? I don't remember seeing it for the first time. I just remember thinking he was so awesome. Right, yeah, you that's know? all you need. Like I loved yeah. it. I was saying. I went I back same. and watched the trailer for this movie before we started recording today. That is a legit trailer, I'm just gonna say. But the scenes with where they cut in, you know, this this fight sequence, it makes that trailer. Like it is so good. So Agreed. good. Agreed. I love I just, it. It was so good, and I and I just love the whole back and forth. You know, when like Yoda, when Yoda says, you know, he's like when he calls him his old Padawan. I was like, yeah. <gasps> yeah. What? The, I definitely like this battle more than the Yoda Sidious battle of Episode Three. Spoiler alert. Really. Over. Yeah, I, I just wow. it's it's very well thought out and I, I always think Agreed. of Caitlin Plesher when I think of the episode three battle now because She's great. I know she doesn't really like Yoda and she always she made this joke one time <laughs> on their show about Yoda like flinging the you know, the Senate seats at uh, or like they were like flinging those seats at each other in that battle and that's it just it's so funny. But this battle is just very <laughs> well thought out, very well choreographed. It's just Agreed. Like shot a so cool match because Yoda is so classy in his own way too. Because like you said earlier, he's just patient and he knows what he's doing. He knows Count Dooku's abilities, and mm-hmm. it's just the perfect match of power. Agreed. I love Agreed. it. Agreed. It's so good. And that's the other thing. Like, if I were a Jedi in real life, because you've all asked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh wait, I lost you. Because you have the force. Oh wait, you know wait, what wait, I mean? wait, wait, wait. At any time, like if you're gonna get on a fight. Yep. Sorry. Oh, oh something oh. weird just Did happened. I... So That's you fine. started talking and it like totally I didn't hear any of it. And then when I heard you, it was like really, really fast. So can you just start that oh, again? Oh, of course. Sorry. What if I were a Jedi in real life, because everyone asked, uh, I would never use my lightsaber. Ever. Like unless it really came down to it, because you have the force. You know what I mean? As a kid, I always had this dream of like, if I was going to get into a fight with someone, I would just put my hand on their chest and just force push the hell out of them. And it was like, that was my go-to move. It's like, I don't even have to do anything. Boom. It's over. Like force unleashed style stuff. Right. Yeah. So Yoda's the same way. So when we see Yoda use his lightsaber for the first time, we're like, what is about to happen? Yeah. And Dooku keeps up and like Yoda was totally going to win. And then Dooku's like, this is just the beginning. And then it's like, I'm just going to break something. You're going to have to save them. And I'm peacing out. And it's just such a good, it's so good. God, yeah. I love episode two. It's I so do good. Too. But basically, basically, fast forward. 
Duke Your escapes. Way. And cut to uh, Obi-Wan, Mace, and Yoda. The end of the movie. And Mace mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan are like, bros, we're so lucky that we just won that thing. And Yoda's yeah. like, LOL, when? This is just the beginning. Begun. The Clone, the Clone Wars, Wars has. That's right. It. I love it. See, he knows. That's the thing. Yoda's so much going on. Like, I can't even imagine being the head of the Jedi Order. When you're like, he must have the tasked... most intense headaches, dude. Can you imagine you're tasked with keeping the peace in a galaxy where the dark side is everywhere, and there's only ten thousand of you, and then a war just happens, and like you had an army waiting you didn't even know about. So you're like, what else is out there? You can't see the future anymore. So you're like handicapped. It's like, what's about to happen? That's why they you had know? to choose someone to be the head of all that who lives for so long because because you could you imagine if someone lived to be like 70 years old and then they died, then you had to find someone else to take over that job. That's why they had to pick Yoda because it's like, man, he can live forever. We got to pick him because, you know, he can hold the reins down for forever. We never have to worry about reelecting someone. I know, right? <laughs> All right. Well, Yoda's gone. Who can fill his shoes? I know. Yeah. I, I mean, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's a in Jedi Quest, the series where it's Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan as mm-hmm. he's growing up. Anakin is like semi kind of tangentially responsible for Yaddle's death. Excuse me? Yep, look it up. Why did you just tell me that? I'm going to Because cry you because br- you brought up Yaddle and that's the only referential point I have. You made me do this. <laughs> okay. Well, end of the movie. Yep. Anna, Ken, and Padme are secretly getting married on Naboo, and our 2 and 3PO are there, and they're like, it's okay, we're going to keep our mouth shut. We won't tell anybody. But it's That's just right. like, it's the best wedding scene for Star Wars. It is. Her dress is. on fleek. He's got Gorgeous. his new metallic shiny hand. It was so romantic. I love it. So they de- they decided to get hitched. And then, boom, end scene. And credits so, roll. Credits roll. Yeah. Across the stars. And that's and that's episode two. God, I love it. Um, final statements. Final statements. Zam Wessel deserved <laughs> better. In all caps. I, I change limbs are really really cool. I liked when she turned into an alien. The the makeup costume prosthetic whatever you want to call it was so good. Yeah. And anytime you have an alien speaking, well, wait, I'm I thought so that was all it. CGI. Is it? I swear it's all CGI. Is it really? It I've looks never like seen a, an actual real. mask of that. Why would they not have that anywhere? Why would? Yeah, that's. Is it I really? Bet it's all CGI. I swear. I'm asking somebody. If I'm anyone sure from ILM is. is listening to this, tweet at Jedi Brian and let me know. I just feel like we would have seen a photo of that somewhere. I mean, possible, but there's not a whole lot of... Or it would be on display of... with her costume at the costume exhibits. Why would you not put that on a mannequin? Ooh, you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't think about that. Wow, then CGI congrats to whoever it. did it, because that's incredible CGI yeah, work. It's okay it looks real. It too. looks like a prosthetic head. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, I hope it's mind. CGI just for that reason. You did. You did. You got me back. Man. I have in my show notes to discuss Padme's outfits before the show ends, but I think we got that. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I think we got that. But I did want to talk about the soundtrack briefly. I don't have a lot of thoughts on this, and this is why. Um, mm-hmm. When we recorded our last episode about episode one, I get so pumped for Duel of the Fates and pumped for oh, yeah. the ending song, the 
the big celebration song. St. Augie's Municipal Parade. There you go. And <laughs> when I was editing the show, I put those as an intro and an outro, and I was just jamming so hard to those songs when I was editing the show. Um, but I was looking for songs to use for this show, and I had a really hard time because obviously Across the Stars is like the most iconic song from the soundtrack, and right. I love it. Um, but when it comes to the more... I, I, I don't know anything about music, guys, so my t- terms are going to be really, really, really basic <laughs> and childish here, but more like peppy, dramatic songs, mm-hmm. the intense ones. For me, there aren't a lot that stand out. Right. I, I don't think that's bad, but there's just... Um, I, first of all, the episode three soundtrack overshadows anything else in the prequels, in my opinion. Um, those songs It overshadows are most soundtracks in existence, in yeah, my opinion. <laughs> it's intense. So I think that's why, for me, the episode two soundtracks are just like great, but not... Uh, I don't really have anything exciting to say about them because the songs in episode one and episode three just really impressed me. So they're not, I don't think the soundtrack is bad at all. I'm not saying that by any means, but um, I couldn't really think of a song that stood out to me. That's what I'm saying. That's fair. Yeah. This, I mean, the only one I, I feel the same way Uh, across the stars is obviously the theme for episode two. Yeah. Um, and I really like Across the Stars. I tried to get it played at my wedding. It didn't work, but that's okay. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's because this this movie isn't. It doesn't have a whole lot of like really heavy emotional dramatic scenes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in the sense of like like you said, like intensity. You know, like we get. I mean, the big the big ones are you know Obi Wan and Jango's fight, the arena, mm-hmm. and then the lightsaber duels at the end. Whereas like. Episode one, like obviously the parade is a big fanfare, mm-hmm. uh, but Duel of Fates is its own like operatic yeah. piece, you know. And episode three, the the whole soundtrack is just bonkers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So no, I I feel the same way. I feel the same way. But it's not a bad I'm thing. No, definitely not a bad thing. What uh? What's your favorite part of episode two? Sam Wessel. Sam Wessel for 100%. sure. Percent. And I really like the picnic scene. Yeah, a lot. Those are good ones. I like that scene because it makes me feel the most connected to those characters being together. Sure. I, I really like that scene. But I, like I said, the book is so good. Like I highly recommend reading the novelization because I love Anakin and Padme throughout that entire book. Like I love them. I was sure. I'm rooting for them so hard. Sure. Love it. Um, but yeah, Zam, man, I just, I want more (laughs) Zam content. Like, give us something. I know there's stuff out there. I know there's comics. I know she was in the Bounty Hunter game, but I want more. I want stuff that's canon. Give us a standalone movie on this woman, please. Like, what is she up to? How did Django find her? Tell us about their relationship. I want to know everything. I'm into it. I like Zam Wessel a lot. Love her. Um, She's great. Yeah, so that's my favorite thing. What's your favorite thing? The arena. Oh, okay. The arena seems my favorite. Just everything that happens there from the Poggle's speech to uh, <laughs> I'm gonna all edit the Jedi. In your, your, uh, yeah, impression yeah. Again. from Poggle's speech, do the impression. Uh, to, you know, all the Jedi showing up, to the battle sequences, to the creatures, to Yoda showing up. Like that whole section. Yeah. I just absolutely adore. I do want to uh, say, because I feel like I mentioned this so much last time and not enough this time, the sets mm-hmm. in this movie are legit amazing oh, tops agreed the, everything on camino like the platform where Django and and obi-wan are fighting that's a real platform and that was a real set and i love that and it was actually you know fake raining in there and 
the Geonosian battle arena, like that was an actual model. Um, I love that. I love the models that they made for this movie. And I, I think in my opinion, this film stands out the most out of the prequels for having a lot of CGI. I notice it a lot more in this movie, whereas in oh, yeah. Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith, I barely even notice it. Um, not a bad thing, but I do notice it a lot more. So it makes me forget about the time and the effort and the like physical work that goes into making a movie like this. But right. if you do go back and watch the behind the scenes content that you can find, they made so much for this movie. So many sets, so many models, so many things are real, even if a lot of the CGI stuff kind of sticks out more. So sure. I love But that. that's the other thing is like the time in which it was made. So like yeah. episode one was a pioneer in motion capture with Jar Jar. Yeah. You know, like that stuff that hadn't been done to that degree before. Episode two, if I'm not mistaken, was was, was one of the wow, that was a difficult sentence to start. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I'm doing my own record scratch. I know. I kind of thought that's what happened actually. <laughs> and then what, I was what, like, what, oh, what, it's what, just what, him. Yeah, that's new. I did Anyways, that a lot. I said it a I'm lot. I'm getting so hyped to say this stuff. But if I'm not mistaken, episode two was one of the first movies shot completely digital. Oh. Because that was around the time that film was being spaced out for digital Interesting. cameras. So on know top that. of that full C- yeah there's a there's a whole thing about it like there's a great documentary called i think it's called frame by frame it's a keanu reeves documentary about the transition from film to digital in movies interesting and it's so good but that that's another thing is like just george adopting early technology for the betterment of society and uh yeah that's another reason why episode two there's so much cgi mm-hmm. because that wasn't being done at that time yeah. so he was like one of the first ones and uh the animators are incredible, uh, but yeah, so it was it was it was real good. Love it. it. <laughs> I don't even think I have anything else to say about this movie because we covered so much. We did. Do you we have did. any any closing thoughts you want to share? Um, I'm trying to think because there was oh oh so going back. No, I'm not going to tell that story. So, what was was there anything? merchandise wise from episode two because there was so much that you still have to this day um so this is something that i didn't have as a child it's a brand new thing but i'm going to tell you my favorite piece of episode two merchandise it's like one of my newest things but it's it's my favorite and it's probably maybe one of my favorite things in my collection Mm -hmm. um gentle giant made a statue of zam wessel and the statue was not cheap and I remember seeing it for the first time at Disney and I was just like, oh my God, I want it so bad. And it's got the inter- interchangeable head. It's got the, um, what are the centipedes called again? Calhouns. 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 It has those. She's got this awesome rifle. It's so cool. Um, but I never thought I would get it because I was like, I'm not going to spend that much on a statue. and You know, I got bills to pay. But thankfully, my mother is a Walt Disney World cast member. And since they were selling it at Walt Disney World, she got it for me as a gift. And she got a pretty hefty discount, which was nice. Actually, I think she bought it on sale and then she got another discount. Either way, I own it. It's amazing. Unfortunately, it's still in the box because I'm trying to find, like, the perfect place to display it. And it's really big and heavy. But it's so awesome because they don't make hardly any Zam Wessel merchandise ever. And sure. when that came out, I was like, must have, I must own this. Like, I need it. Um, 
but I never thought I would own it just because of the price tag, but I'm just so thrilled that I have it. I love it. Is Zam Wessel your Qui-Gon? Is that what I'm picking up here? Of the prequels, yes. I like it. Yes, of the prequels. I like it a lot. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, before we wrap up, Brian and I have an awesome giveaway that we are excited to announce. Oh, yeah. So we mentioned last time that we were working on some cool swag for this series. Um, I just got some stickers in the mail that say Prequel Defense Force on them. They're little square stickers. And we're going to give away some of these stickers. So we'll give you yeah. a few of these. We'll give you all of our Dorky Diva Show stickers. All you have to do to enter is email us at dorkydivashow at gmail.com put your first and last name in the subject line of the email and we'll randomly choose three winners to receive the Dorky Diva Show sticker packs. I'll probably give you guys like, I don't know, a week and a half to enter and then we'll um, we'll contact you via email and let you know that you won um, and we'll send you some cool stickers. Yeah. Also so, put hashtag no filter. Ha- yeah. Put hashtag no filter <laughs> in the body of the, of the email. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because those will be our next stickers, seriously. We're so That's right. doing that. Not We're even joking. So doing Keati Mundi with the two Hashtag fingers. No Hashtag no I filter. Love it. Um, but on that note, Brian, where We're can gonna... people find you online? We're going to have the best stickers ever. Yeah. Just the Torky Diva Show, Grey Jedi are garbage. Yeah. And then <laughs> Prequel Defense Force, Hashtag no filter with Keati Mundi. Honestly, we yeah. are Keati Mundi because we have no filter. That is true. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to. Tiny little aside, I like Kiati Mundi a lot for a lot of reasons. One of the main ones being there was so much EU about him and his species. Um, hello, have you seen the image of him with like the farmer rice hat? Dude, he has five wives. Guys, he's a he's legit. Yeah, he yeah. has he does have five And he wives. has he has like he has two brains in his head. He has mm-hmm. five wives because the Serian species is like five to one yeah. uh female to males. So to keep his species going, he had to make babies. And he has like 19 daughters. So he's not doing a good job. But yeah, it's all that deal. I have a Kiati Mundi action figure. Honestly, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to hate on Kiati Mundi. I love him for the longest time, but he is really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, people can find me at Jedi Brian everywhere. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, all that good stuff. At Jedi Brian. Also, uh, the Interesting Podcast, a show I guarantee you'll enjoy. Lots of great Star Wars guests coming up. Uh, that is uh, The Interesting Podcast on iTunes. You can search Brian Balance with two L's or The Interesting Podcast. You'll see a cabbage with lightsabers and headphones. Not a green brain. Hashtag not a green brain. And yeah. All righty. Yeah. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash thedorkydiva. My Twitter and Instagram is at savannah underscore kiefer. Um, like I said, if you guys need to get a hold of us, you can check us out on Twitter at Dorky Diva Show or email us at dorkydivashow at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can find that at patreon.com slash the Dorky Diva. I want to say a special thank you to all of our patrons, Chris, Brian, Sherry, Aaron, Kristen, Ben, Jen Marie, Tom, Daz, Daryl, Alex, and Anthony. Thank you all so much for your support. Ooh. And guys, if you are in, I think it's our... I think it's our $5 and up tier. Uh, you automatically get free stickers from us. So if you're in that tier, please send me your address. Um, you can email it to us. There's an option on Patreon for you to give it there. Whenever I mail out the stickers for the winners of the giveaway, I'm also going to send you guys your stickers too. So if you are a $5 and up patron, don't worry about entering the giveaway because you're already getting stuff. 
And I don't want to take away from the people that aren't in that category because um, then they should enter our giveaway. But you guys don't have yeah. to because you're awesome. You're extra awesome. Everyone's awesome. Yeah. Um, we will be back awesome. soon with another episode of the Jorky Diva Show. Next time we'll be talking about non-prequel related stuff. And then we will have our final episode of Prequel Defense Force, which is episode three. So expect that in the next, Ooh. I don't know, two to three weeks, hopefully. It's going to be a four and a half hour episode. Um, that one's probably going to be our <laughs> longest one yet. So honestly, we may have to do two parts. Um, I just now thought of that. Challenge accepted. Yeah, I think we may have to do a two part show. So either way, there will be a discussion of Revenge of the Sith. If you love that movie, then you're going to be very happy because we got a lot of things to say. But it's my favorite. It's I can't wait. It's really great. So thanks guys for listening and may the force be with you.